Let me give it you let me give it to you straight about Marvin. Legend has it, he was a podcaster on this very show. However, poor Marvin could never get a word in edgewise with all the loudmouth assholes that are on the show. <laughs> Marvin eventually went crazy and strangled the entire crew with the wire from his headphones. The police never did catch Marvin. And they say on the anniversary of that night, and if you say the name of the show three times into the microphone, Marvin will return. So tonight on Attack of the Killer podcast is about slashers with the Attack of the Killer podcast crew on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and that's right, you guessed it. Tonight we're going to be talking about slasher films, one of our favorite genres, my, one of my favorite genres, in mm-hmm. I'm assuming everyone else as well. Uh, yeah. Since, uh, <laughs> since John had to brag about having 200 slashers in his collection. I'm a little obsessed. <laughs> I'd say maybe half of those are good. <laughs> I'm, I, I bought Satan's Blade, and if anybody's seen Satan's Blade, you'll oh, like yeah. it's uh. it's just not it's not anywhere close to being good. But yet I bought the nice Blu-ray edition of it. So awesome! So if there's a sharp something, he's in the movie. He's got it. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> if there's heavy breathing yeah. <laughs> and weird awesome. implements. Shots of of feet walking. Then John has it. Yep. I, I just have movies with shots of feet. Got it. Yeah, I, I like I like feet. <laughs> All right. So, but first week before we get into the uh, topic, as always, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. <clears throat> uh, who do I want to start with? Um. So the rules for a slasher: if you have sex, drink, and smoke pot. Then you are Jason Bollinger, everybody. Hey, what's up, party people? How's it going? Good. Good. His choice of murder weapon is his razor-sharp wit, John Stalter. <laughs> I'll take that. Hi, everybody. It's probably the nicest intro you've really ever got is. and yeah. will ever get. There was nothing sexual about that. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of sexual, the sexiest final girl ever, and yet still a virgin, Justin Beam. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, you thought it was going to go one way, but it went You're another. So sweet. You are so sweet. <laughs> the sexiest. Oh, man, thank you. God. Now, in, now to introduce you to my favorite crew member, because she's going to let me sh- film a slasher in a library, Terry Turford. Oh, <laughs> Uh, no. That's how he breaks it to you, though. <laughs> right here on the podcast, where you can't back out. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see you, Mike. Nice. Hey, everybody. Nice. Death Brarian. <laughs> oh, I like it. No. No, let's call it Overdue. 
Ooh. Yeah? Yeah, this has to happen now. <laughs> okay, and lastly, a very special guest. He played young Michael Myers in Halloween 4, Eric Preston. There. You there? He might have muted, though. Are you there? Can you hear me? Can hear you yeah. now. Weird. That was weird. It was weird. I don't know what happened. Anyway, man. hi, everybody. Man, and I said your name right in everything. That never happens. It never happens with special guests. Well... At least, at least you can blame me. I'm sure I did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so everybody's everybody's good. Good. Yeah. Ready to talk about slashers? Do totally. this. Before we do, I want to uh, I want to talk to Eric for a bit. He's our special guest. Um, you um, played young Michael Myers in Halloween Four, so I just want to kind of you know clue people in more about you, and and I would like to learn a little bit more about you as well. Um, so, how did you end up getting the part as young Michael Myers in Halloween 4? Um, I got that, uh, I was a local actor up in Salt Lake City, and, uh, just did commercials up there, and Halloween 4 came through, uh, agent called me and said, hey, Halloween's coming in, they want to, they want to audition you, uh, brought me in to audition for the Frankenstein kid who teases Jamie in the school. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um, they... I want to say it was literally like a day or two later. It was very. I remember it being very quick. Um, but my agent called my parents and said, "Hey, they like him, but they don't think he's right for that part. They wanna, they want him to play Little Michael, basically." And that's how it all came to be. Awesome, cool. And then, and then after the fact, did you stay in in Salt Lake, or um, did you? Uh, Not my uh, choice. Yeah. At what point <laughs> did you decide to kind of um, get more involved in 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 film? Well, so after after we shot Halloween Four, my agent at the time she she quit to go become a parent. Um, and in Salt Lake at the time, there wasn't really any agencies, so it kind of put a, an end to my quote unquote career. Uh, and so I pretty much was just a kid with the intention that I always knew that I wanted to go into film when I got older. <coughs> Uh, so once I, you know, graduated high school and, and went to college, it was, what do you want to do? Going into film. Uh, once I graduated college, I said, peace out, Salt Lake, I'm moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and I was curious, too, um, uh, you worked on as a production assistant on a movie in 2008 called Prank, mm-hmm. um, which uh, also had uh, Danielle Harris in it. Um, and then, uh, she directed that. She oh, okay. That. She directed yeah. that. Okay. Um, now, and then, and then after that, you were in her movie, her direct, her, uh, movie she directed among friends. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get involved in those productions? Is it, did you, were in, stayed in contact with Danielle through the years or, or no, so, so, was it just by chance? No. So prank was, um, at the time, Prank was supposed to be an anthology uh, being directed by Danielle Harris, Ellie Cornell, and Heather Lingenkamp. Um, and so they shot Danielle's piece first, and I had just moved out to L.A. They were looking for a PA, and I had some free time. And so I just said, hey, you know, I can I can do this. No problem. They brought me on. Kathleen Kimmott was working on it. J.C. Brandy worked on it. Um so I was kind of like another Halloween person that kind of brought in, got brought into it. And through that, 
uh, Daniel and I had done a, did a convention a few months earlier, but we didn't really have a chance to connect slash reconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after I jumped on and did prank, we that's kind of where we started forming our our friendship as adults. Yeah. Uh, so fast forward a couple of years when uh, she was doing Among Friends, she reached out to me and said, "Hey Eric, I'm doing this movie." Uh, would you like to be in it, and could you also help me do behind-the-scenes stuff? And that's how I got involved with that. Okay, cool. Okay. And that's because I was wondering. I mean, unfortunately, I, I still have not seen either film. Um, I can't seem to find Prank. I don't um, think you, yeah, I don't think you yeah. will. I don't know what's going on with Prank, because we shot Danielle's piece, and then from what I understand, uh, they weren't able to secure financing for the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know... I don't know where the prank footage is. They they showed it at Screamfest back in 2008. Okay. Whenever what it was that we finished that. Um, so they showed Danielle's piece, but from to my understanding, they were never able to secure the rest of the money to, to finish the film. So it's probably sitting in Anthony Massey's hard drive somewhere. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. But I've, always, I've been really looking forward to Among Friends. Um I just by by looking at your credit there, is was it purely ironic that you're playing a PA in Among Friends, and then you were an actual PA in Prank? Well, I so I I was also a PA on Among Friends. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, so she brought me on. She asked me to to, to be the key set PA uh, for Among Friends, and then in return, she's gonna put me in the film. Um, it, has anybody has anybody on the podcast seen the movie? Yeah. It's been a while, but I've seen it. Okay, so I mean, I mean, the movie's been out for a while. So spoilers, yeah, <laughs> spoilers, people. Let them out. Um, so there's a scene where uh, one of the actors is having a hallucination uh, due to some drugs that were taken, and uh, in that hallucination, uh, I make a cameo appearance. Danielle makes a cameo. Uh, Michael Bean makes a cameo. And I think that's all the people who make cameos as themselves, but I could be wrong on that. It's, it's been a couple of years since I've seen that film as well. But um, she imagines herself as on a movie set, so I'm playing myself as a PA. Okay. Which I didn't really have to dress up for because I was already PA. <laughs> <laughs> so other than getting makeup on my face, that's, that's all I had to do. Okay. Cool, cool. So, um, what else do you have uh, coming up? Anything uh, you wish to promote or talk about? You know, I could say I do, but the truth is all the stuff that I have planned, I've been lazy on, <laughs> so it's kind of gone into the back burner. Um, I do have an idea for a web series that I want to do. It's just a matter of, again, me you know, getting motivation to actually follow through with it. And uh, the original idea was something that uh, the original idea was to get a bunch of directors, about fifteen of them, to to basically make a bunch of short films in a cohesive storyline. Uh, oh. So similar to what ended up happening with Tales of Halloween. Uh, yeah. But at the time, I, you know, this was I've been planning this since 2010ish, I think. Um, but once I started talking and, and like trying to map it out, I realized that I don't personally have the the finances or resources available to me to make something like that happen uh so i then decided to to shift gears and make it a web series 
Okay. And uh, then when they announced Tales of Halloween, at first I was like, damn it, somebody took the idea that I was going with. But I'm glad they did because I think it is a good idea. And again, like I said, I don't have the – I still to this day, I don't have the ability to pull off what they did. Um, I don't have those connections to get the finances to make that happen. And it wouldn't have been the same story. Like it, it wasn't about a Halloween anthology. It's just It was just the overall concept of having a bunch of directors come together to make – one film out of multiple mini stories. Um, outside of that, I'm also, and again, I say this with the caveat that I've already acknowledged that I put on the back burner because I'm lazy. Um, but I have been working on a comedy pilot that I want to eventually create. Um, but I don't want to talk too much about that. Other than it's a comedy, it's not a horror film. Fair enough. Cool, cool. Awesome. So, like, um, how can people learn more about you or uh, follow you? Uh, Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Eric Preston. Uh, You can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, Just find me. Um, I'm not big enough that anybody else runs my Facebook, so feel free to to send me messages. I will communicate, or I will usually communicate. Um, I'm on YouTube. Even though I never upload anything on my YouTube channel, at uh, it's Eric Preston, obviously. Then I also have another one that I've been trying to create called uh, Geek Globe, uh, which is more about nerd channel. Um, but again, it's very bare bones at the time. Cool, cool. And, you know, and Instagram and Tumblr also Eric Preston. Um, my Tumblr is not exciting though because I just have it tied to my Instagram. So whenever I post something on Instagram, it just goes to my Tumblr. <laughs> Same. Um, and yeah. honestly, honestly, I can't figure out Tumblr. Like I try to like yeah. I see people who use it, uh, and they use it well. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know like I I don't I still don't get it. I guess we're I'm too, too we're too old to understand Tumblr. Yeah, I I, I I don't know if it's just <laughs> I'm, too I'm still trying to figure out Twitter. Yeah, tell me about it. Me too. Yeah, I, again, you guys are adorable. <laughs> Instagram. I can take a picture. I know how to take a picture. So I figure <laughs> if I take a picture on Instagram, I can just shoot it out to the world on the different sites that are out there. Yeah. They made it, it really not easy. It'll be a picture of his dog. Yeah, it'll be okay, a picture, it's a picture of, of his dog. <laughs> yeah, or, my, or the cats. That's Probably true. The dog, cats. But maybe the cats. That's John for sure. Yep, that's all I do. Uh-huh. It's, it's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then if, you know, then if I'm at Comic Con, like my Comic Con, that's usually when it blows up a little bit with variety. Yeah. But then when I come back, it's back to dogs and cats. <laughs> <laughs> Just love the heavy metal horror loving John. Only really post pictures of cats. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and occasionally pictures of my uh, action figures. Yeah, that's true. Or but mostly, but, yeah, it's but like mostly your, my cats. Your cats and toys is John. Yeah. <laughs> Metal and cats. <laughs> and cats. That too, right? <laughs> should, you should start a band called like Metal and Cats. I actually found cool. somebody that wrote a black metal album called "I Love My Cats." Nice. <laughs> maybe that's the name of this one of the songs. But yeah, was it black good? metal about cats? No, it's not good. <laughs> see, that's where they messed up. Because you, if you're gonna do something like that, it has to be good too. Otherwise, yeah. people, people will be like, "Well, see, that's just a dumb idea." Yeah, <laughs> but if it's like one of the most amazing things you've ever heard, it's like how do you how do you argue against? It's that? just it's so like, beautiful. It's about his cat, right? And it's good. 
Well, cool. Well, awesome to have you on the show, Eric. I hope you have as much fun as uh, we usually do. Oh, I, hope you guys, I hope you guys have fun with me, because <laughs> I hope I'm not ruining the party. Ah, oh, no. Uh, that's that's why we have John. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you guys <laughs> pull each other. Right? You guys are still pissed that I like Knock Knock. That's right. Uh, yeah. Forever. Ugh. 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 <laughs> okay. Also, real quick, um, as we mentioned on our last episode, uh, we are now we now have Patreon that you can donate to to help support Attack of the Killer podcast, help pay for some things, and you get things. <laughs> wow, you really, really <laughs> grasp the concept. I'm just impressed that he said the name right. That's true. I have it written down. And I got it spelled right. I, I, I got to say, that's probably one of the best pitches I've ever heard. <laughs> you, know, you know, right? Give us money and we'll get you stuff. Money for stuff, <laughs> guys. Cabot, you get nude photos. There you go, folks. <laughs> Can you believe I'm in retail? I mean, I'm a salesman by trade. Hey, kid, uh, buy this. Yeah, okay, cool. If you buy this, you'll have something. It's cool and stuff. Yeah. If you he, buy this, you'll love it more. Think about it this way. Okay, here's your here's your new pitch. So, <laughs> audience, you could keep that money and not have anything else in your life, or you could donate that money and you'll have something new in your life provided by the cast of this podcast. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. We're gonna take that as a soundbite. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. Well, what do they get? Well, you don't even know. That's the best part. How can you sell something if you don't? Oh, my Why, God. Why'd you even bring it up, Mike? Come on. We got to talk about it. You know? No one's going to donate if we're not talking about it. <laughs> or. They're not do- with Patreon, they're not donating. That's true. They're paying for some kind of subscription service. Exactly. exactly. Yep. I think Jason might know a little more about it, Mike. <laughs> It was the most the amazing segue ever <laughs> oh. to Jason. No, it's it's, he's mostly, he's not wrong about anything. Exactly, so suck but, it. <laughs> no, but more just, specifically. Yeah, we're just asking for a buck or two, you know, some pocket change and just help us pay for stupid, simple things like Facebook posts, you know, boosting some posts here and there and... And doing some ads just to help promote the show. That's all. It's not for us. It's just to help spread the word about the show because Facebook's made it harder. So, you know, content's always going to be free. You know, we'll just do some more fun things and put on there. And it's just an easy way to support us for almost nothing. Heck yeah. And just with the caveat (laughs) that your ultimate goal would be to be able to fly each of you guys out to one location rather than doing this through Skype. <laughs> right. So audience cool. members, we need like, what, like $3,000 a month to fly you guys out to, yeah. to Jason's For location. the two hours uh, in between us. <laughs> yeah, I'll live, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be there in 10 minutes, guys. Let me just get on my private jet. <laughs> Thanks, supporters. Well, and we do have a goal on there. I think if we reach um, donations of like, what was it, 500 a month, we would be willing to try to do some uh, horror conventions and things like that. Huh. So that's pretty cool. Good vendor if table. You guys, and... If you guys make ten thousand a month, you guys will do <laughs> a U.S. tour. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yes. come to your That'll house. Cool. We'll do live we'll shows. Go, live we'll shows. Go get a venue. 
and you'll just do the podcast live in front of people. Go to the next venue. That would be awesome. And you have Could to fly, you... of course, because you're not going to yeah. drive. No, no, no. no. Please. For five I'm, of above, us. I'm above driving. Yeah. So you can donate your $10,000 at patreon.com. You can, you can maintain your status of being above driving. Yeah. <laughs> driving, that's for the Amish. We have to yeah. fly. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys, if you guys can raise like thirty thousand a month, you guys can like a private helicopter. Private. It says a regular podcast on the side, just like mm-hmm. the Trump copter. <laughs> Score. <laughs> you can put a flight pad on the okay, roof. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I was going to say, is this just going to be two and a half hours of us talking about people donating? Exactly. If we could, reach a million at, a month at Patreon.com/slash/aotkp. Yes. Could you imagine what a live show of this would be like? That'd be amazing. It'd anyway. be awesome for us. I don't know if it would be so awesome for other people. <laughs> like, it's so boring. All it is is Jason throwing stuff at John. <laughs> and John throwing stuff at... For three and hours. Throwing stuff at the audience. <laughs> and you could also ask them for money in person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I can give them the puppy dog eyes, and then they right. can't say no. <laughs> so, slashers. <laughs> Terry. I was I like starting with you because you you do some marathon work um, before each episode, and it always makes me giddy when I hear that you um, have a, a continually expand your horror film knowledge. So slash, it's a new, it's a, it's a, it's a it, I knew it all, all of you, said. and it's a new perspective because he's been talking to me and Justin about this a hundred hours all week, you know, constantly. So it's nice. <laughs> For him to hear somebody else talk about it for a second. So Terry, give us a movie that you just recently watched. Intruder. Intruder. Woo-hoo! Start out the gate strong. Heck yeah! I've been I've really been wanting to see this movie for a long time because there's so many of the the guys involved on the Evil Dead movies mm-hmm. involved in this film. Uh, it's directed by Scott Spiegel, who was one of the main writers for Evil Dead 2, which is my favorite ever. So, you know, I've been dying to see this, but I just didn't have it. And someone awesome gave it to me for my birthday. That so, must be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I finally got to watch it, and I loved it. Good, good. It's amazing. Yeah, but what did you love about it? All of it. Oh, okay. I mean, okay, first of all, okay, it's, well, it's a slasher. There's some guy going around killing people. That's the general idea of it, as is mo- in any slasher. <coughs> um, this one's set in a supermarket, like, after hours, when everyone's restocking things and whatnot. Um, I really like this setting. I mean, I... I can't really recall anything. Like, there have been some scenes, like, in some stores, maybe, but I've never seen an entire horror film set in a supermarket or a grocery store like this. Exactly. So that was really awesome. Especially, I mean, I I worked on and off for five years in a small-town grocery store, so there was a lot of nostalgia there for me. I mean, it was more recent than a lot of this, but that store was also basically stuck in the 80s anyway so it was still very reminiscent for me uh so that was awesome and you've got sam raimi acting what is that in front of the camera in front of the camera (laughs) 
and Ted Raimi, whom I love. He's my favorite. Um, and they're probably the best two actors in this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and, you got, um, and you got Danny Hicks. Yeah, oh, I, I love say, him. He's great. Dan He's great. Yeah. Those, those three, though. It, uh, it was the, so the awesome. Best chick. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was barely in it. Yeah. But, um, Renee, I think. Renee. Yeah. Um, I love, but Danny Hicks, like, he had such a big role in this. That was amazing. I mean, you see him in Evil Dead 2, and he's just, you know, he's always just all these little bit parts. And it was really nice seeing him come out and do that role and doing such a great job in it. Mommy Joe! (laughs) Mommy Joe! Yeah, no, it was, it was great. Um, there were a lot, It was really... I enjoyed how inventive this was. I mean, not only being in a supermarket, but... I mean, I'm no director, but, you know, lots of really cool shots that they did that were a little different than what you might normally Shopping see. Shopping cart cam. <laughs> yeah. The telephone. Telephone Yeah, through cam. the telephone, uh, under yeah. the broom as she's sweeping, things like that. It was pretty cool. I just enjoyed the entire film... It's a fun ride for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, this is definitely a standout slasher for me as well on, on many different levels. And the fact that it, you know the location is so, is is so unique and the whole thing is in the supermarket. But I, I just love the the um, the feel of that whole small town or that that small independent um, grocery store. You know, that that's really cool. It used to work in one. I had to have been really nostalgic watching it because I got I get nostalgic watching that movie just. From shopping in those kind of (laughs) grocery stores, so to actually work in them and and, um, to one that would be really cool. Um, Yeah, Jason, you just rewatched this again last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. Actually, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but that I'm just being honest. What? That was my first time last night. Oh, it was your first time last night. Yeah. Oh. I just heard you guys talk about it so much. It just felt like I'd seen it ten did we, times. Did we build up too much? Let's see. No. No. I hadn't... It was fine. No, it was totally good. It just... I didn't... I don't think it was the opus that you guys were... Well, yeah. the thing that makes this movie... This, this slasher always stand out for me amongst the sea of, of, of mm-hmm. the films in the genre is, one, the location... Two um, Scott Spiegel's crazy camera work in it, mm-hmm. and like I often, I often wonder who came up with that first. Like for the longest time, when I was growing up, I was, it was always like, oh Sam, you know Scott Spiegel just rips off from of, of Sam Raimi's style, you know. Um, but I kind of, I really wonder. The more I think about it, and the older I get, I, you know, like who was doing the crazy camera angles first. You know, but uh, regardless, so you got the cool camera work, you got the you got the uh, Evil Dead crew. You know, a lot of a lot of the mm-hmm. you know um, people from the Evil Dead movies. You know, Bruce Campbell is oh, yeah, in I didn't there even, too. I was gonna say I didn't even mention <laughs> Terry's Randy boyfriend was in it. Was in it. I, I think <clears throat> Ted Raimi is my boyfriend from oh, this movie. Oh, he was so funny. I love him. And then <laughs> and then some really good gore. I mean, great gore. Yeah, oh, gore man, is usually yeah. associated a lot with slashers, but then. You know, especially from this particular era of horror, um, within these like uh, you know four or five years when this movie came out, and I'll definitely get into that more as well. But like 
this movie really stands out because of the gore that's in it. Um, now, granted, we didn't get to see a lot of that gore till way later in years. Um, this was the director's cut. Mm-hmm. This okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause see, if you saw it on Blu-ray, then yes. Yeah. This this movie is is um, in my in my opinion famous for and has a footnote in cinema history for for um, for three things. One, when this movie first came out, it was heavily cut, heavily cut, and it was it, unfortunately and they were really hoping for like a theatrical run and all that, but it was just it was just pooped out on on VHS and just kind of like <laughs> and you couldn't find it. And I, I still remember, I still have the Gore Zone issue that, that had this huge article all about how this movie was, was you know, no pun intended, um, slaughtered uh, by the MPAA and all the gore being cut out and showing you, you know, shots of, like, what you're missing, you know. And it was an amazing article and it made me fall in love with the movie before I even got to see it. And it, it still took several years to even find a copy of it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cut up really bad, but like, uh, and then so it kind of became like this, like underground cult film as far as like the horror fans trying to seek out the gore from this movie, trying to find an unrated cut. So, um, you know, amongst the bootleggers and whatnots of, of, uh, circling around, you know, tapes of this movie, but what also I think historically makes this movie important is that um this is the first k and b effects movie woot, woot. this is the first movie that k and b started their studio um and basically did the movie next to nothing just so they can have a movie on their resume as a, as a as an effects company and then thirdly scott spiegel well, Lawrence Bender was a producer and he played one of the cop he played the other cop at the end Lawrence Bender um, or Scott Spiegel introduced Lawrence Bender for the first time to Quentin Tarantino. So we wouldn't have probably all these Quentin Tarantino movies if it wasn't for so it's Scott his Spiegel. Fault. And intruder. Great. It's his fault, whatever. <clears throat> I have cool. the Synapse Blu-ray of this that came out, and when they first released it, if you were one of the first like 25 or something, super low number of people to order, they sent you an additional DVD and it's just like a burned DVD of a work print of this oh, yeah. film. Yeah, I forgot then, about that. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to be one of them who got that. So it, it it's, and it looks rough, obviously that's why they didn't <laughs> include it with the release. And I'm sure that there's probably some rights issues with it or something, but it was pretty neat to see that. I mean, it's quite a bit longer. It's a lot of extra footage in there. So Mike, all that stuff that you saw in Fango is completely intact, especially in that version. And so it's even more gorier than the director's yeah. cut. Yep. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't need to make a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So I mean, so that's that's why for me especially why this was this movie um, stands out amongst other slashers. You know, I mean, I, I, at uh, at the same point though, Jason, I can I can get it. I mean, it's not really offering. Oh no, for me, I think the the I just, the acting wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, you really had problems girl. with the main girl, yeah. Yeah. 
Most, yeah. She's not the greatest, but. No, I mean, I liked her on, on sometimes, and then she's she's really cute, and she did okay those sometimes. Pants, though. I don't yeah. know about those pants. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but it was it was good. It just. Uh, Let's see, in this one, I didn't really know that much about this movie. I mean, I knew that those this, the crew was involved, and I didn't really hear anyone really talking about it, I think, until John came around, and he mentioned it several times. And I'm like, oh, someone knows this movie and likes it, so <laughs> I should watch it. He's madly kinda, in love with it. Yeah. I was kind of scared to approach it. I mean, they give first billing to, like, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, but they're obviously not the main characters no. at all in this film. Yeah. So what is it about this movie, John? Well, I didn't I didn't even see it until, well, around the time Synapse released it on Blu-ray. I didn't know oh. anything about it, and I was at, I think it was one of the times I was at Flashback Weekend, and every time uh, I go, I always stop by the Synapse booth because they get all my money. And uh, <laughs> Don May and uh, Jerry were, were just talking it up. Just highly recommending it, so I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll pick this up. And I, I think I ended up watching it two or three times that night <laughs> when I got home. Awesome. Um, it's, it's got a good amount of comedy in it, but the, mm. the gore in it and the, just the kills in general are just so amazing and so well done. The bandsaw. The bandsaw, man. Oh, Jesus that, Christ. That scene is just so brutal. I mean, well, it pretty much goes through his teeth. That's yeah. the like, worst the, part. Oh, <laughs> but it, right it, but it's so, it totally sold me on the movie. I mean, it, oh yeah. And then of course, you know, every I, I shouldn't say everybody's uh, performance, but uh, yeah, it it's a it's such a fun movie. Um, I probably watched it about fifty times now. <laughs> My wife uh, is not happy about that, but I mean, I seriously could watch it <laughs> once a week and have no problems with it. But awesome. I like the uh, the stoner guy. Who is? I mean, he's obviously stoner. I don't. Th- I don't remember him smoking up in that. But he's just such a, just a goofy bastard in that. And his death, of course, is pretty fucking gnarly. With the uh, the box crusher. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The hydraulic thing. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just I I highly recommend this movie to anybody, whether they like slashers or not. It's just a great, great fun flick. That's that's um something with this movie of like using pieces in the environment in the in the uh, kills. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what makes the, what makes this movie, I think, um, stand out, you know, uh, amongst like all, you know, killer in the woods kind of thing. Instead of like, oh, Jason, you have a harpoon gun at a lake. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, Jason? <laughs> harpoon? Yeah. And what's cool is like all those elements, all those elements are there. So they're kind of foreshadowed throughout the movie too, before the kills happen. So. I think I know what it is. So okay, it feels like <laughs> it's uh, it feels like it's first time directing action. So a lot of the actiony sequences feel really clumsy. Okay, mm-hmm. and and so I think like that'll all be gone from er- for every watch going forward. That won't bother me so much, you know. Uh-huh. But watching it like as a movie, it just felt like. I mean, even like Bandsaw guys, like. The process dragging him up to the thing was like it felt clumsy or how it was shot. You well, know, and this like, was his first full and, length. And all the like fight scenes were in slow motion, but not. You know, like I'm just. Yeah. You know, it, it just. Yeah. There's a lot of awkwardness to the action 
And that's all. But like I said, I, I totally get it, and the gore is fucking awesome, and and it'll be even better the more I watch it. But Yeah, I mean, this was definitely his first full-length direct, directing job. He's done some shorts before this, but this was his first full one. Even just seeing Bandsaw Guy's head at the end where it's like on crooked, it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's the cover art, isn't it? Oh, or maybe. No, it's in a sack. Yeah, but it's just the top of his head, so we know that that's probably all there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually really like the the part where uh, Ted Raimi gets killed. Oh, the, the the knife goes through the uh, headphones. I love that. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. It's just so hilarious. All right, I'm done with the podcast. I'm gonna go watch this movie now. Oh. <laughs> Man, Ted Raimi steals the show on this movie and every movie, but he was awesome in this. I'm just having a girl crush on Ted Raimi. Apparently. Goodness. Do you need a moment? No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eric, have you ever seen Intruder? I have not. Ah, have we sold you on it yet? Eh, I'm leaning towards <laughs> it. <laughs> No, I, I hear there's a lot of gore in it, but the acting is, eh. So <laughs> it's good enough. I mean, what do you expect from an '80s sla- low-budget slasher? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it feels like an '80s low-budget oh, yeah. slasher. Awesome. That's for sure. I don't mean to be too negative, but the the two goofy cops that don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Didn't they do that in like Halloween Five? Oh, nice yeah. house on the left. Oh yeah, a lot of. They're not maybe quite as goofy as those. But. No, we'll see. So they seems like they put some credibility into it, right? Yeah, more. <laughs> <clears throat> Justin, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Intruder? I like it a lot. I think it is. It's raw. It's like a punk rock album. And it has because yeah. it kind of wears all of its elements in a really, like Jason was saying, at the unpolished way that feels honest. And that's what I think is that's why I love Raimi just in anything Raimi in general, and why Evil Dead is so special is because it feels that way. And there's a recklessness that comes with that that just can't be manufactured with a more polished kind of a film. So it's exciting in that way, and the acting. I mean, it is what it is. But I, I mean, it. I, I I never found it to be particularly distracting, but it's a fun movie. It's a lot of fun, for nice. sure. Worth tracking down. I think Synapse did a really nice job on that. And they're oh yeah, their Blu-ray is amazing. They're known for giving love to movies that a lot of people ignore, and I think that's what makes those guys special. And it would be, I would put it on an essential slasher list, for sure. Oh yeah, sweet. I would have to agree. Now my my um. Only gripe with this movie was was the original like advertising campaign for it. Holy cow! Did you guys watch the trailer for this? Like on mm-hmm. your Blu-rays, Mm-mm. the trailer is is horrible. They basically tell you who the killer is in the trailer. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even have you know his line there. Um, I'm just crazy about this store. You know, that's like <laughs> the main line of the trailer. 
And then, and then even worse, the original box for this, uh, for the the VHS, the original box for this movie, first of all, was just horrible. The design was like, um, awful. But they basically show you Dan Hicks, not even disguised or anything, just like lurking in the background, you know, holding, holding a weapon. He's like very obviously the killer of this movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh yeah, well. Oh, oh <laughs> yep. Man. That happens. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. But I, but I don't even get the shadowy the shadowy figure. There's like some weird shadowy figure <laughs> on the front. It yeah, it looks like a almost like a scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. tattered clothing. I had something. to grab my copy off the shelf. You have you have the VHS copy? Yeah, I got it at your store. Oh, that's right. We did have it. At I, the store. I think I think Jason actually gave it to me for free because I drove two hours to the store. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> He's like, just get it off the fucking shelf. I'm tired of looking at it. But yeah, that's like the worst box ever, isn't it? it right. It's so god awful. Like, and then what's your face in the foreground of the box? Looks like it, it looks like the worst paste job, you know, cut and paste picture ever. Well, the 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 pictures on the back. Mm. Literally give away the ending. Yeah, it's horrible. It's not even just the killer. They literally give away the ending, like the very last shot. And that's one of the things that works so well in the movie is like, I mean, the first half of the movie is nothing but red herrings. You know, there's like, you know, you got like the, uh, the creepy guy that the girl dated that keeps lurking around. He's like, oh, is it him? You know? So the movie works really well um, as far as like, you know, uh, as a whodunit, who's doing this? <laughs> but, but you know, the original box, the original trailer, all that just gives it away. Now, here's something too. Like, I don't know if a lot of people realize, unless you've watched like the uh, the making of, or the um, the special features on the Blu-ray, that uh, Charles Band, uh, his M- Empire Pictures was produced was produ- uh, helped produce the film. And it was that was around the time when Empire Pictures was going belly up right before the birth of Full Moon, so like, um, uh, like he had to when when Empire Pictures went belly up, he had to sell off some of the films um, that he had the rights to, uh, and then he kept some. And one of them that he kept was Intruder, and then he got a uh, he got a picture deal with Paramount. Paramount was gonna release release a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of Charles Band's movies, and then that's when that was the birth of uh, Full Moon. But right before all that happened, basically Charles Band handed over Intruder. So I think that had a lot to do with like the the misuse of the film when it came out, on how it it, it wasn't even on a ton of like video store shelves. And if you were for, fortunate enough to have this movie on the video store shelf, you had the worst box in in like in history. So well, like uh, I mentioned it. Like in our little uh, thread a few days ago, one of the things that I really like about slashers, especially eighty slashers, is the box art. The box art that like tries to pull you in, makes you want to buy it, no matter how shitty the movie ends up being. Yeah, but yeah. Intruder. There's just nothing inviting about it. There's no cool no. artwork. Like, have you seen the artwork for um, Killer Party? I. Like, think so like it's you know it's supposed to be like at a dance or whatever but then like the hand is a skeleton I love that and all that shit. yeah like i just got it a few weeks ago or whatever and part of the reason why i wanted it so bad was because of the, oh, the artwork yeah, okay. it was just such cool artwork and then they shit all over it with you know the shit for intruder 
<laughs> like, ugh, just looking at it, I forgot how bad it was. I'm glad you reminded me. Back <laughs> on the shelf you go. <laughs> we all have we all have so many movies that we bought or we rented or bought because of the awesome artwork, and oh, it turned yeah. out to be turds. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Oh yeah, it was what I'm trying to think of. Uh, uh, what the hell's the name of that movie? Mutant Apocalypse. What the hell is the name of that movie? <laughs> Mutant Hunt, I think was the name. Which of I it. also just got recently on DVD. <laughs> cool cover. And, v- and VHS. Oh, horrible you movie. You are a completist, man. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look that at that. cover go looks amazing. Yeah, the cover of Mutant Hunt looks freaking awesome. It's not. <laughs> Isn't that the guy that did Breeders? <laughs> What's that? Isn't that the guy that did Breeders? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Which also was a cool cover. Um, that the, movie's awesome. The movie's awesome, but <laughs> for a completely different reason. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> um, or Rotar. That was always a cool poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason and I are pulling up box yeah, arts here, so I'm getting distracted. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I think it's R. Dot o. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Killer Party though. Was that is that one any good? It's yeah. fun. I mean, it. I think after seeing the cover for years, it kind of built up this movie in my head, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But I still enjoyed that. I still enjoyed it. Mike, um, I think you. I think you'd like it. It, it is so yeah. jam packed with eighties horror elements uh-huh. that it's all over the place. And the killer wears a scuba suit. Exactly. Yes. No shit. Full on <laughs> metal helmet, 20,000 leagues under the sea. That is the most. Oh, it's ridiculous. a diving helmet? It's, it, it's got to be so a, awkward to kill. It's an entire. Yeah, it, it is the worst killer suit. Like the most impractical thing you're going to see. And well, one of the great things in the film, though, it starts off with a music video. And it, I don't even want to really spoil it for you. I would like you to see it, Mike. Next time we're hanging out, let's watch that movie. I'll put that on the list and we'll I'll bring it over. Okay. Yeah, I think you I think you'll like it, dude. It's yeah. it's definitely eighties slasher cheese. It starts off really unique and they set it up in a really fun way. And there's a lot of cool elements throughout it, but the beginning especially is I I love how it's all set up and how the beginning runs. So we'll watch it. Sweet. Sweet I'm down for it. Killer party. That was your garbage day. Sorry. Garbage day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we gushed enough about Intruder. Um, what be another? What's another good movie out there? It's tough because there's so many slashers and so many good ones, so many awesome ones. You almost could have done like a subgenre to this subgenre and broken it up if you wanted to. There's just so many. I'm I'm we not going to do the holiday slashers. Exactly. Or, or yeah. uh, camp slashers. Camp yeah. slashers. You could even do um aerobics slashers. <laughs> and I own That's all your favorite. Yeah. Exactly. Despa and Despa. Killer Work. Killer Work. Killer work. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also just got but have not watched that yet. But I love Despa. Despa is fantastic. I love that. Despa's nuts. It's man. so absurd. Just it's like flaming wheelchairs. Oh, the whole thing. It's great. That's great. No, killer no, killer like... workout is a sedative. That movie has got nothing going on. And I just got that release too. It's so funny. The company who put it out, I don't remember what it is. Slasher what is it? Slasher, Slasher Films. Whatever. Something like they, that. 
Yeah, at least they're honest about this. But on the front cover, it says, not HD. This is a Blu-ray, mind you. Not <laughs> HD, upgraded from original beta source. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> There's only so much upgrading you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the, needless to say, you're not putting in a Blu-ray and being stunned by the picture quality or sound or anything like that. But it doesn't really need it, because if you're willing to sit through a killer workout, then you're a sadist or a masochist anyway, and... Probably not that interesting. It's really not very good. I hear if you watch no. Death Spa, you'll that's, sweat that's, blood. Is that true? That's that is true. Very true. <laughs> and it's got Ken Foray in it, so you know it it's got something for the Ken Foray and like really tiny shorts <laughs> running around. Oh, With, does sold. he have a bad mustache too? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, got that East porn mustache. No, the <laughs> the best scene is like is um. Is it like a ghost or whatever that is possessed? It, the, yeah, uh, possessed the because um, basically the security. Well, every the computer that runs everything. Security yeah. and because this is a high tech spa machines. and everything. Yeah, everything runs on on this computer on this machine. Yet there's a scene where these dead frozen fish come to life and attack somebody. <laughs> How does the, does the machine control the fish too? Uh... Supernatural fish, duh. Yes, You're questioning Mike. how this happens when it's like <laughs> a ghost okay, I'm gonna, machine. Yeah, I'm going to default to John Carpenter's answer on this. When I was on a, when we were doing a, a Christine panel thing at I don't know, Horror Hound or something <laughs> a few years ago, we were up there and somebody asked a question. They were like, why does the car have teeth in the final scene of Christine? And Carpenter just looks like he's like, because it's a fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime you have any questions about logic in any of this, I'm just going to say Carpenter. I, I say that shit to my wife all the time. We're like people in general, are like, why is that going on? I'm like, it's a movie. Like, I, you're really looking for logic, and and just exactly even right. just a, a mainstream movie, it's like it's a fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like when people criticize Walking Dead. Like, that's not okay. Last time we had a zombie apocalypse, it was a little different than what you think. <laughs> I'm sorry, things have changed a bit over time. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's not out your window. It's a, it's a boring a TV show, okay? Just get over it. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm not drunk. We're not going to go on the uh, Walking Dead rant tonight. You do this show drunk? No. <laughs> Although, that, well, the time that I went on a rant about uh, The Walking Dead, I was kind of buzzed. <laughs> Who's got a movie to bring up? Just Before Dawn. Oh, nice. Oh, God, I haven't seen that in ages i went through a phase where i got really obsessed with um with seeing of all, all seeing all of jeff lieberman's films mm-hmm. i think that was around the time when um satan's little helper came out have you yeah. guys seen that oh yeah that's a fun one i love that movie ultra and, low budget but fun yeah it is ultra fun. Low budget. Fun, not but and fun and then the you know, the first association was oh this is the same director as Just Before Dawn and then when I dug deeper I'm like oh he made Squirm oh he made Blue Sunshine you know he's he oh, has I love a Blue Sunshine yeah a very interesting um, uh, collection of films that he's done but uh, yeah Just Before Dawn now tell us about it Justin 1981 is the year and it's a it's a camp thing but it's more sort of rustic camping than a campground with kids on it and stuff like that. So these it's about these people who go up one of the characters, his family owns some land up in the mountains and they're going up there to sort of have a weekend hiking around and stuff and 
they go up and then they're they're it's a really it has so many bizarro elements in it but they meet the forest ranger played by george kennedy who sort of warns them away he's the crazy ralph you know <laughs> character like you don't want to go up there and all this so they do go up and then they're besieged by a killer or maybe multiple killers and there's lots of really beautiful oregon mountains it's a it's a really pretty film very scenic and it's quiet and it has a really foreboding synth soundtrack that works so well throughout the entire running time oh yeah and the kills in it are i mean i'm not a big fan of kills kind of thing as as a as the point to see anything but in this it, it is it has some pretty brutal stuff it has some memorable set pieces one thing there's this guy and this girl skinny dipping and there's a waterfall behind them and the way that Lieberman the way that they shot this thing Dean and Joel King were the cinematographers on it I see here I, I just pulled it up and the way they shot it was a lot like in the strangers there's a great strangers moment in this film my favorite moment in the strangers is where she's in the kitchen fumbling with the cell phone or with the phone battery mm -hmm. and it's not framed really obviously, but out of nowhere in the background, the guy with the bag on his head steps into frame. And you wouldn't even notice it if it wasn't so huge on the screen in front of you necessarily. Like, it's, like a lot of times in a movie when there's about to be a reveal of the bad guy in the background, that side of the frame is left open. And you're sitting there going, well, of course, something's going to happen, right? Not the case in The Strangers. It's the same thing in this film where these, this couple is skinny dipping and the killer who's this massive backwoods hillbilly dude, he, you just, he's out of focus back there, so far back that he's just tiny, and you see him emerge from behind the waterfall and just walk into the water. Like, he just walks in and disappears under the water. And the next thing you know, this girl feels hand on her leg, and she turns around. Her boyfriend, of course, is on the shore, and she realizes there's someone in the water with her. And it's such a great scene. It's great. It's just so good. And it has the guy who played um, Mike Callahan, who, I think Callahan's his name, who played the guy who ran the camp in Sleepaway Camp. Oh, He's in yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. He in it, and it's at the beginning, it's him and his buddy, and they're drunks messing around in this backwoods church. And he's a bit of a crazy Ralph character, too. More of just a freaked out guy after he's, he's, you know, his friend is killed and he sees the, the, the killer and then the kids bump bump into him and all that. So it's really nice to see him again. He's not in a lot of horror stuff, so that's really cool. Anyway, really good film. Great slow pace. Like I said, that score is fantastic. And I like movies like this and like Grizzly and Snow Beast and all this stuff where they I love films set in beautiful places and especially mountains. And this one's definitely one of those. So I highly recommend it. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been a while since I've watched it, but I, I love this movie a lot too. It's got um, something you know, like, like especially around this time, would you say, about like '81, where they were really, you know, as as more of these slasher films were being churned out of trying to trying to um, do something a little bit different. And this movie has, if I remember right, has kind of like a little twist at the end. Yeah. Kind of an yeah. out-of-left-field yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And the, and the way that the, the killer 
is the the way that he's dealt with at the end is brutal and so bizarre. Do you remember how he's killed? I don't remember. Because we say what what you, it's cool with spoilers, right? And oh yeah, all that stuff. The <clears throat> the girl sticks her arm, her whole like fist and arm down. Oh his yeah, and oh, into his duh. throat and chokes him with her arm. Yep. Which is such a weird thing. Just, it's not a weapon. It's not a knife or anything like that. It's, she just like forces her hand down in her throat. And this guy's watching her do this from afar. And then you see her, after he's dead, she pulls her arm out. And you have this moment with her. That's a little like in Last House on the Left, after, I mean, which I can't stand. But after they assault that girl out in the weeds. Uh-huh. Then there and there's blood on his on their hands and stuff, and they're yeah. kind of just like wiping their hands off. That's such a uh, unique moment because you're seeing them deal with sort of process what they've done. Yep. And that adds an element of humanity to these people, and it doesn't make you like them anymore. In fact, in a way, it's even more vulgar. But yeah. they, but but it's something strange in that regard. So anyway, and same thing in this film. After she does this, she pulls her arm out and she sits for a second, and you see her just dealing with. Whoa. The madness of all this crazy shit that's gone on, which in a lot of horror films you don't get that. Weird, oh, wow. weird yeah. and cool. Weird and cool. <laughs> You've seen it, right, John? Yeah, but it's it's been a long time. I used to have a copy on DVD, but for some reason sold it. Probably. Code Red mm. put one out, I think, last year. Yeah, nice Blu-ray. But his stuff is always so annoying to try to get because one day he wants to sell stuff and then the next day he's having a tantrum and he stops selling. And Well, but it doesn't have to come through him. I'm, you can get it yeah. through other sources. Yeah, but some, sometimes, back. yeah. Well, Diabolique DVD usually is the best way to get some of his stuff. This is the, the great thing about this release, the Blu-ray, is that it has an uncut version of the film from the original inner negative, so it's not just a... A word print or something it's actually the inner negative of it hmm. and so the uncut version looks good and okay. then there's the extended cut which was for overseas distribution which is even longer than that and they're Jeez. both on the both on the disc nice i might have to look into that yeah i just realized too looking on imdb here that uh greg henry is in just before dawn um and like he's um, been in like Slither and Super. He's uh, James Gunn. Kind of seems like James Gunn's go-to guy. But yeah, I didn't realize that was the same guy. It's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> now, like again, Jeff Lieberman, the director, unique body of work. But I'll tell you, don't uh, don't listen to the commentary track on on Squirm. You know, you, you just you come to realize just how bitter he is about <laughs> the state of the industry. You want if you want to listen to it, fine. Just be prepared to listen to about seventy five percent of it talking about how it's practical effects, not CGI. So, one of those commentaries. Yep. That's cool. Very cool. I have not seen it. Yeah, I know you haven't seen it. I'm Terry. I'm assuming you haven't seen it either. No. No. Eric, have you seen it? I have not. Okay. We're lame. No, <laughs> you're not lame. It's it's just it's never been one that I think is kind of stood out amongst the crowd. Um. When it comes to the '80s slashers, 
Would you agree with that statement? J- Justin? It's what? Yeah, it's what with the 80s slasher? That doesn't really seem to stand out. Uh, yeah, I... I really think it would if it had better distribution. It's one of those that suffered a lot over oh, the years yeah. from really poor distribution network. And it, it, when I was coming into trying to track down a lot of this stuff, it was one that was frequently mentioned in a lot of the sort of fringe cinema books, but it wasn't in the more popular kind of books. So the, the ones that are mentioning Psycho and Halloween and stuff like that. They don't catch this. But it seemed to be something that had a lot of respect among the cult world, the cult film world, and that's yeah. what made me really want to find it. But it was really hard to find. And I have an old mm-hmm. videotape of it that I came across at a, one, of, one of those, when the stores were going out of business, clearance type sales. And I was so thrilled to have found it back then. And that's the only way I could find it for years and years. Is that the old Paragon VHS release? Of it? I, what I remember, I think it is. It's sort of a yeah. gray or tannish case or something like that box for it. Well, you and can always tell their boxes because here's how anal I am. A v, the VHSs that sit on the shelf, the front cover <clears throat> when it's when the when the VHS is spined, the front cover has to face to the right. But on Paragon video tapes. <clears throat> There's sp- there's if you were to spine it that way, all you see is like a checkerboard. The title oh, yeah. is on the so opposite side. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Jerks, jerks. But oh man, if you got Paragon videos in your VHS yeah. in your collection, you got gold, man. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the one. That's how I found it, though. I mean, I couldn't rent it anywhere. I had to actually, eventually, years later, buy it to even be able to see the movie. That's how, because I, I just didn't have the opportunity before then. Well, all so, I know is if Justin likes it, I want to see it. Oh, I got it on DVD. I think oh, my DVD's Anchor Bay. Was it Anchor Bay? Did a release of it at one time? I don't know. I don't remember. Probably. I don't know if I still have the DVD. Whatever I had. I really this Code Red is. It's the best thing I've seen from Code Red. And oh it's wow! A, it's a really stellar package. So I would really. I do highly recommend it. If you can track it down, it sounds like it might be hard to find. I don't know, but it's totally worth it. So it, it, in terms of it not being, not standing out, I think it does stand out when you see it. Oh, I yeah. It, 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 it is a very unique film in its own right. And, um, but it's one that just it flew under the radar out of simple lack of distribution, I think. Lack mm-hmm. of accessibility to it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Jason. Uh, How about you? That's me. Movie and a slasher. Well, there's one on your little list that stood out to me. Um, I, unfortunately, isn't one of the ones I saw growing up. I'd only seen in the last few years, maybe even for one of the holiday specials we did for it. But I've watched it maybe three or four times in the past few years, and I, and it's I like it every time. It's just... It was good. I just, I don't know, it just clicked and it, I like it. Uh, My Bloody Valentine. Nice. Woot woot. Heck yeah. I really, I don't know. It's always stuck with me is like, man, that's, I could watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking the, uh, the original or the newer one? The original. <laughs> the newer one's pretty good. I, 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 I the new one has Tom Atkins, so, you know. Yep. I haven't seen okay. it. Yeah. Enough for him. I, I love the, the newer one. I haven't seen it. What? 
<laughs> I wasn't. I'm older, Terry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, what is it about my bloody Valentine that that you dig on? Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a neat story. I enjoy the kids and their fast and loose ways in this fun town. And I don't know. It was a neat concept with the killer and how he, you know. The legend of, with the card, you know, or you know, the then you're marked or whatever, and and then just the like. I mean, the costume is lame, but it's still like it is what you make it. Like it the turned out. Of the killer? You think it's lame? Well, I think it's awesome. Well, it's you're just it's just a miner's outfit. It's not. Yeah. It's not special. It's not. It's not a costume. It's. But it's still what, kind of. It's what a miner wears. So but I'm yeah. saying I'm saying he makes it good is what I'm trying to say is yeah. like he does make We're it good. We're not going to let you speak, Jason. It's lame. No, it's fine. You guys do better anyway, but <laughs> um but I liked that he took something that's not a costume and is lame and <laughs> made it a cool scary costume. Yeah, I was that was going to be the thing I brought up. I think literally the uh the look of of the killer in this, the design of the killer in this, albeit you know just a mining outfit, is got to be in the in my top five slasher design costume designs ever. Like it, it ranks up there for me with Jason Voorhees and the hockey mask, Michael Myers and the Shatner mask. Um, it's great, but I think one of the things that's so great about it, just like with uh, the hockey mask or the Myers mask, <clears throat> is that like the humanity is completely disguised behind behind that uh, Miner's mask. And that's the kind of the things that I like to see with um, the design of the uh, the killers in these movies. Yeah, yeah no expression. I, I mean, it's just. It's yeah, it's just, you know, something that there's some people out there who wear that exact outfit every day of their lives, but you just, you know, it's not something that we had seen before. And so yeah. It was really cool. Very cool. And the caves was an was an amazing backdrop yeah. for for all this as well. I mean, and you know, it's like I said one of the things I liked about Intruder is is the setting. And so the setting mm-hmm. in this Setting this is just as stand out to me as 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 that. Mm-hmm. So unique to have it in the caves and and to work that in the storyline, and the whole look down to the weapon, you know, just fits the whole theme. So <clears throat> it's awesome. I liked yeah. it, and and didn't uh, I remember when we talked about it before? But the it finally was re released, and it didn't it like was a good uncut version for once. Wasn't yeah. that one of the big deals about the Yeah. Which is which is where again, I, I know we've said it in the past, but that's a definite benefit of of the quote unquote remakes. When remakes happen. Is bringing um bringing attention to the originals again because because of the remake, that's what that's when we finally got an uncut version of the film. And um and it got its re-release and got a lot more attention. Like I I wonder I wonder if it would have, you know, there's a, there's a definitely a huge fan base for the movie now, and I wonder if it would have that if it wasn't for wasn't for the remake. 
good question. I know. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> that should be your catchphrase. It should. Wasn't that a song? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think Quit of thinking about it. Uh, Terry, what do you like about My Bloody Valentine? Uh, well, I don't know. Just Harry Warden. I think that was his name, right? Uh, it's just, like, everything that you've said. Like, just the setting. And I, I really love the, the small town setting, too. You know, a small mining town always adds to the the intrigue of the story and the even the the setting in the town like i really like the laundromat scenes and things like that oh yeah yeah cool all right what else well i i just recently watched one to prepare for this episode I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but I, every time I think start thinking about slashers and I'll look up lists and stuff, this movie always pops up on the list, but I had never seen it before. I, I didn't even know it existed until my adult life, and it was from that early 80s um, era of slashers, and that was the movie Madman. Oh, you, you just now saw that for the first time? For the you, first time. You just now seen it? Just last night, actually. <laughs> Seriously, bro? Yeah. Seriously? Seriously, bro. Bro. Mm. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you think less of me now, do you, John? <laughs> I'm just surprised you didn't know about it until well, I'm not life. Yeah, it, it, not saying like last week, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like in my in my heyday of renting VHS tapes and trying to see every slasher known to man, I didn't know this movie existed until like you know I became an adult and I started paying even more attention and like you know where'd this movie where'd this movie come from but did you like it uh, I th- I think so I mean I yes I did um it, it just didn't really seem to like other than the look of of man man Mars and his backstory uh his look was awesome when you see him in the third yeah. act yeah. he just looked really cool but it also, but even at the same time, it kind of also reminded me of um, the look of the the maniac in um, Hell Knight. So mm. I didn't really feel like this movie had anything that made it stand out. It's really boring, didn't you think that like it's just it, it's just a bunch of blue lighting and a bunch of people walking around in the woods. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like the Prometheus of horror films. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot of walking. There is a few really cool images, like right off the bat when um, they're all heading back from the campfire, and the one guy sees, you know, Madman Mars up in the tree, and it's just all silhouette. That shot was really cool. Yeah, for sure. That was cool and creepy, but yeah, that was really about it. And even the kills weren't anything like. I mean, it was a lot of strangulations and decapitations. You know, it wasn't anything. It just really didn't do much for me. I the, I'm not, the only oh sorry. I was gonna say I didn't hate it, but um, it just didn't. Uh, I just I guess I don't get on why all of why every time I look up lists now of eighty slashers, it's it's always there. So oh yeah, I know it's it's mis- a little mystifying to me too. What do you yeah. think, John? Uh, it is boring. Yet I still own two different versions of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. It's like, oh, this is 
edition I don't own yet? Okay, let's buy that. That's why I have like everything, every version of Halloween or shit like that. But um, honestly, the only memorable part in this whole movie is uh, topless Galen Ross. And you guys know who she is, right? I'm blanking. No. The lady from Dawn of the Dead. For some reason, in Madman, she oh. goes under the name Alexis Dubin. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why, and I wanted to ask her when I met her a few years ago, but I'm like, eh, this might be kind of a touchy subject. <laughs> so you showed your boobs in this movie, and you obviously didn't want your real name in there, so what gives? Well, uh, that, I mean, I don't think that would be the reason, though, because you, you see her boobs in Dawn of the Dead. Dawn. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird that I it's such a bizarre name to use. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I've never learned why she uh, went under that name. Ask her. Well, I don't have her on speed dial, so if I ever get to meet her again. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not, like... Because I think Greg Mortis, Greg Mortis is a huge fan of this movie, isn't he? He also likes, I think, The Forest, which is an equally... <laughs> Oh, the movie The Forest? Not the just movie The, the Forest. Forest, yeah. Okay. Not the new thing, the, whatever. But the, the old movie The Forest that is really 88 minutes of frogs and trees and footage, which I like, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm into the beautiful Pretty. scenery and all that stuff. But when it's all the movie and so little happens and at the end it's just like a caveman chasing after these people, it's so dumb. Anyway, he likes that too, so. Okay. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. So, Eric, let me you know, need to give you a shot here. Uh, yeah. What kind of what uh, what slasher movie stands out for you? Um, you know, for some reason, and I know the movie's not as good as I have it in my head, but for some reason, I love American Gothic. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Is that the one with? Um... Oh, I can picture the cover. Well, yeah, it's it's a it's a spoof off of the American Gothic painting. So I hope you can picture the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's got the it's got the um yeah there it is from '88. Yeah, and it's got uh yeah the older the older couple in place of the American Gothic husband and wife. Holy shit! A movie I don't have. I need what? to go hunt this down. Oh no! A, a slasher that I don't own. That's. I'm not and sure that's... it's on DVD or Blu-ray though. I'm not sure. Oh, it's on DVD. I own it. Oh okay. It is thirty-five bucks on Amazon. Fuck that! I'll go through the UK. <laughs> he won't, He wants to buy it. <laughs> Me, John. John. <laughs> um, I think. I think the biggest name in it is Michael Pollard. Oh, Michael J. Pollard or whatever. The... Yeah. Who is? Oh my god. <laughs> He's so great. Sleepaway Camp 3. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's such a slimy bastard in that movie. Scrooged and... Oh, my God. I love that guy. (laughs) Um, It's been been a while since I've watched the movie, though. But for some reason, like I said, for some reason, I have an affinity for it. What's it it even about? It's about some kids who... um, They find themselves on on a... like an island, and I want to say that they're on like a plane that runs out of gas, or you know, some '80s horror movie trope. Um, but they come across this family who's like, "Yeah, we'll help you, and you know, we'll help you get off the island, and you know, 
please come rest and, you know, help will come in a couple days kind of thing. Um, and then the family ends up, you know, sort of murdering them off one by one. Um, I don't want, you know, you guys haven't seen this. I don't want to give away too much of it because there's a twist that comes along. And... I'm totally going to buy this through Amazon UK because it's like maybe $8. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm the only person in here. Oh, it is really weird. <laughs> and that's from our neck of the woods, too. I mean, the American Gothic house is right by... It's a couple miles uh, from our house. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I love the tagline. The family that slays together stays right? together. That is a good line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, like I said, I like I know it's... So like, it's a guilty pleasure, so it'd be yeah, a good it's, it's a movie. I haven't watched it since I bought it on DVD. Um, I mean, it was, it's a movie that I had on VHS. It's a movie that, like, my sister actually got me hooked on somehow. Which is funny, because, like, my sister doesn't even watch horror movies at all. Um, but back then she did. And she's like, Eric, watch this movie. And uh, then, I, yeah, I found it on DVD many years ago and bought it. Watched it once. Haven't watched it since. And uh, it's, like I said, I know it's not as good as I as I think it is. But it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, looking it up here, Ma is played by, like, Yvonne DiCarlo, who was Lily Munster from the Munsters. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And and the head Satanist in Satan's Cheerleaders. Yep. And wasn't she... Wasn't she also in uh, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive? Or was that, um... I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was. Um... No, that was. I'm sorry. That was Morticia Adams, the woman that played Morticia Adams was in Eaten Alive. I can't think of her name right now, but. Good work. <clears throat> Good work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. American Gothic. I'm gonna have to check it out. I. I as soon oh, as you it's said definitely. It... It's definitely a movie that everybody should see. Yeah. I don't think it's life-changing at all, but it's still a movie that I should see. <laughs> well, as soon as you mentioned it, I instantly saw the cover in my head. I remember seeing it on the VHS shelves back in the day. I don't know why I ever skipped over it. Hmm. I don't know. It must have been right next to Frogs, and it scared you away. It probably did. <laughs> Frogs, scariest movie cover ever. <laughs> when you're 12. <laughs> yep. And then you see the movie. And it's not. And And it's not. (laughs) Nope. Talk about nothing happening. It's like a lot of sexy canoe action. (laughs) (laughs) Most canoe action is sexy, but this one steps it up. The southern setting. I think it's all the moss on the trees. It adds a little bit. It's like, anyway, I'll stop. (laughs) You got to try again, Eric. You got to try a second try that we've seen. Well, how am I supposed to know what you guys... I thought you guys would have said that. I know. It's <laughs> baffling. It really is baffling. Right off the bat, you stumped the crew. That's, uh, that's impressive. That's, that takes talent, dude. <laughs> it does. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm glad I could... <laughs> I'm glad I could make some kind of impression. <laughs> we can never have him on the show again. <laughs> um, I recently watched a movie called Christy on Netflix. I've seen that definitely, on Netflix. Definitely oh, not an go. 80s movie. It's definitely new. It's it's has Ashley Green. Is that the right one? I think so. Um, it, it was all right. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, the Strangers, only on a college campus. Oh, nice. Um, 
you know, but I don't really have much more to say about it. It's, you know, <laughs> if you got 90 minutes to watch, watch it. It's not bad, but it's not great. And Terry, you said it's on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. I will have to watch it. Stump me Terry, again. Terry, you hit maturity. <laughs> <laughs> John, have you seen Christy? No, I, I saw Weird. it uh, on Netflix. I mean, I'm flipping through there. But uh, maybe I'll give it a shot now. Yeah, see, I've seen it on there, but I keep passing it. So and The producers are <gasps> sinister. Ooh. Oh. Oh, well, that could <laughs> produce. You know, Ooh, oh. <laughs> well, that when you say producer, though, that literally can mean yeah. anybody. I mean, I Sam threw them, I threw them five dollars. <laughs> Especially now with crowdsourcing, it's like when someone says that they're a producer or something, you're like, oh, okay. That doesn't mean All anything. Right. Anymore. <laughs> oh. Good for you. Yeah, that's true. I, I should donate to more crowdfunding so we could put on the top of our boxes from one of the producers of Transformers Five. Well, like I, I'm in the special thanks for uh, Harvest Lake just because I bought the movie early. That's that's pretty that's much awesome. what. I but I now that. have an IMDb. Have you watched it yet? Oh yeah, I watched it the day I got it. It's excellent. It is. It Beautiful. is so fucking bizarre. It is. I, it's it's such a great setting. Uh, yeah, the cinematography is fantastic. Brian um, did such a good job on that. Yeah, and I think that the I, the whole way that sexuality... Okay, everybody, side road here. The way that <laughs> sexuality is presented in this film is awesome because it's not... Like, there's gay characters, but they're not pointed at like, oh, look, gay people. It's just like there's just a love scene between dudes, right? And, well, and they're not like, hey, how's it going? You know, they're yeah. not the caricature. They're just couple guys they're human beings which they I, are. I, I have so much respect for that and the effects in it are fantastic all practical and it's a really neat really unusual film everybody check out Harvest Lake I'm not even sure it's available to the public yet uh, I believe they can get it at Horror Hound in Ohio oh that's right and, that's where and around sell. that time they're gonna like start selling more copies cool um, but yeah it's it really is something special. I mean, I, I already love that director anyway. Scott, was it Scott Shermer? Mm-hmm. I mean, Found is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years or whatever. But yeah, this, I, I really did like Harvest Lake. It's definitely bizarre. Definitely not for everyone. Um, But it's got Tristan Risk, so if you know who she is, she's always awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. She was just in something. I can't. What the hell was she in that I just watched? She was like totally naked. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, we were just so, oh, anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The editor. Yeah, we talked about this on the last episode. That's correct. Yep, that was it. That's cool. I got it. We. I don't think we've watched it yet, but the editor. Yeah. Oh, Mike's I'm gonna sure love to that. It. Or at least I hope it is, he does. It's a good movie. So good. Good deal. All right, back to slashers. Yeah, I think we're back around to Terry too. To me, no way. Yeah, John did, not... did. John do one? Did he? No. Oh, John, ha! no. <laughs> put, it, put it off for one more round. Hey, look, the new guy. We forgot him. That's swell. Oh. <laughs> I didn't forget you. Oh. Thanks, Terry. You're See, welcome. somebody cares about me. <laughs> uh, what should what should I bring up? <laughs> I've been racking my brain for like the last. You have two hundred of them behind you. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. So, 
I don't know if you guys are going to consider this one a slasher, but I'm going to because I fucking love this movie, even though it's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, has anybody seen Fade to Black? Nope. No. Is that the one where the guy's obsessed with film? Like, yeah. Like classic film and stuff? Yeah, yeah, he's obsessed. He, like, works at a place where he's got to, like, deliver films to uh, right. uh, movie theaters, and he's bullied. He's a, I, I don't think it's his mom that he lives with. It might be his aunt, but she's basically, you know a bitch to him uh, and he just snaps but he takes on the persona of uh, different you know characters from his favorite movies like Dracula and the mummy and shit like that and he kills people all while like being obsessed with uh, this Marilyn Monroe lookalike woman or whatever so seriously not ringing a bell with anybody no, but it sounds interesting. I think I saw it years ago, and I definitely remember the po- the cover for it. It has yeah, him with like half, pa- half, like his face half painted, and he's eating yeah. popcorn or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. That's definitely one that uh, people need to see now. Fade to black, <laughs> writing it down. Uh fuck. What could we? What could, what, what could I bring up? Uh, go knock something off the wall and see what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Run head first into the wall, see what happens. <laughs> Found one. Stuck in my head now. Um, okay, I know nobody has seen Blood Rage uh, since I just saw that for the first time. How was it? Uh, I know that that release has had so many start and stops. It's been really troubled. It's What's... really fantastic because the the uh, the main well the killer. I mean, he, he plays uh, twins, and when he kills people, he's just so gleeful about it. Like. He tries to act like his other twin that, you know, is normal. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I have a machete. Oh, you're dead. Like, he'll cut off a hand. <laughs> like, take that, fuckwad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a special movie. I really, really did like it, though. So now I have a movie to watch around Thanksgiving because apparently it takes place around Thanksgiving. I don't know. I, it's <laughs> a pseudo. I'm going to call it a holiday slasher just because they mentioned Thanksgiving like twice. But, um. <laughs> But yeah, I recommend that one. It's it's a good release. The the movie for uh, as old as it, as it is it looks stellar. They did a they did a fantastic job. That's awesome. Who put that? Um, who did the who did the release on Arrow? That? Arrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they actually include at least in the limited edition they include an alternate cut of the movie under some different title. I don't remember what the. What happened with the release? Wasn't it like the first wave were all Region B or something accidentally? There was, <laughs> yeah, it was seriously something like that. They like, like oh shit, we can't Oops. release it just like this. So, yeah. so people were shipped discs, and then they, not, nobody could watch them, and so they yeah. recalled it right away, and then they yanked it from the market, and then they announced like three different release dates. And, so, yeah. cause I, and the reason I know about this, because I have a buddy, Jake, who's super collector as well, total completist, and he's been waiting for it to come out forever. And every time there was a new due date change, he would lose his shit. <laughs> God damn, I don't know what these assholes are. I'm not going to buy any more Arrow. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, let's just calm down. Shit just I'm happens. Sure, I'm sure there's a, a reason for this. And then he eventually is just like, you know what? I don't even want it now. I'm like, just be patient. It's totally You've waited this long. You it's waited long. this long. I waited all of like a week for it to show up, and it was totally worth the wait. So, good deal. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Has anybody seen Slaughter High? Yes. I know. I've, I know. I've discussed this on the show before. Slaughter High represents uh, to me <laughs> like the ridiculousness <laughs> of the '80s slasher. Like the golden age was, you know, the late '70s, you know, for Halloween and stuff like that. And then the early 80s. Well, this was, what, 86 or 87? 
And it's just ridiculous. It's English made, but everybody, like, filmed in England, everybody tries to talk with an American accent for some fucking reason because they couldn't just make the, you know, make this in England. Um, Caroline Monroe's in it, and I think we all love her. But she's, like, in her 30s when she made this, and she's supposed to be 18 years old. <laughs> I think she was... Well, classic 80s. That was the trick back some, then. Yeah. She was involved with somebody that was, you know, either directed or wrote the movie. But uh, it's it's got your typical formula. You know, you have your past event where uh, something horribly happens to, uh, what's his name? God damn it, I can't think of the character's name. Marty or something like that. Like, they, they trick him into basically getting naked in the bathroom while they videotape it. And then they pretty much blow up his face with a, with a fucked up joint. Um, and then he invites everybody back for a, for a reunion, and then he kills them while wearing a jester mask. The music is what I remember. That little... Which is throughout the entire movie. And it's... What's his name? Henry Manfredini or whatever. Yeah, Harry. Or Harry, yeah. Yeah, Harry did the music on that. I just fucking love this movie. It's just so over-the-top and ridiculous. But it does have some fun kills. Like the uh, the couple that are having sex on the bed and then they get electrocuted, <laughs> which is That's awesome. Fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. How do they get electrocuted on a bed? The metal it's a frame. Movie. It's, a it's a movie. movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Carpenter. No, does he, he like hooks up a battery or something? Yeah, like a car battery or something. I wasn't no. questioning it. I was just wondering how it happened. <laughs> how did this happen? I just want to know, guys. <laughs> Watch the movie. That's uh, uh, and what There's a part where a guy's like, what, working on a lawnmower or something? And it drops on him. I. It's just a ridiculous movie. But I still love it. <laughs> I, of course I own it. I mean, <laughs> I even have a t-shirt from Fright Rags. Nice. But, uh, nice. But yeah, the music definitely stands out and it's it's music in a slasher film at all it's way too happy i guess but i don't know what do i know i all i own all sorts of crap for me it's not the music that stands out it's the opening scene with uh uh uh, carolyn uh, monroe uh playing a teenager when she's clearly in her 30s Welcome back, Mike. Just missed that one. Oh, did I? Yeah. Never mind. It is the weakest setup for a killer in a film because the guy, the the whole thing, I don't know. It's a lot like Terror Train. Yeah. The way that it's said, you're like, are you that mad? I don't know. Like you really need to take revenge on people like for this. Ten, five, ten years later, whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, and these and these assholes show up for this. Like, yeah. oh, well, this must be legit. In an abandoned school. In an abandoned school where the guy lets him in. like, what are you guys doing here? And like, who? What? And they're like, oh, no, there's a thing. You just must not know about it. Well, the the end where he uh, hallucinates all the, uh, all the dead people that he just killed, like, coming after him through the fog. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is ridiculous, but. Good stuff. That, I've, got, I've got a soft spot for it. That's good stuff. That, like, teenage revenge, you know, years later type of scenario seems to pop up quite a bit in in some of the 80s slashers. Probably why oh, I yeah. like slashers so much. So uh, I'm just letting my uh, 
high school classmates, you know, watch out, guys. I'm still angry at you. Did you guys ever see National Lampoon's Class Reunion? Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. No? Oh, it's it's a total satire on <clears throat> on 80 slashers, and that's the M.O. right at the beginning is, you know, the, the killer who's wearing his... The killer in it, his um, outfit is a paper bag and a um, schoolgirl outfit, where clearly it's a grown man. But yeah, it was kind of one of those things like that he got pranked, and um, <clears throat> he got pranked in high school and um, by uh, the the seniors. Um, tricked him into having sex with his own sister or something like that and so it's like years later and the they're having this like 20 year class reunion or 10 year class reunion or something like that and the killer has come to get revenge it's, it's really funny actually it's really i really like it really funny movie um you don't always get those with the class reunion it's from 82 i really like it. it's got garrett graham in it i love garrett graham but it has a lot of great satire against 80 slashers and other other horror tropes so i'm surprised no one's ever no one's seen it before i want to say i have but it's got a pretty interesting cast i think like stephen first is in it um um it's got chuck berry in it doing a musical number ann ramsey's in it so if you can find it, it's pretty funny. It was, uh, I can't remember if it was written by or it was directed by, uh, um, John Hughes, actually. I have to check. Okay, written by John Hughes. Michael Miller was the, uh, was the director. Woo! Woo! <laughs> So the burning, right? Yeah. Did you like that segue? Was that a good one? That's good. Thank Take you. that, Fisher Stevens. That was, that was smooth. Thanks. I love the Burning Man. It's probably, it's probably in the top five of all-time slashers for me. Would we say it's a um, important piece in the uh, like a sem- seminal viewing? As far as uh, slashers, like you got somebody who wants to learn more about that subgenre, would you tell them to watch The Burning? I would. Me too. I really enjoyed it. I watched it this. I hadn't seen it before yesterday. <laughs> oh, you never seen it before until till. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen it. Oh, sweet. Well, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Fresh. Day. Um. Yeah, it it was it was good. I mean, you know, you got the whole summer camp sort of a deal, but it's. Uh, I think my favorite part about it is just the murder weapon, like, like the garden shears yeah, the is such shears. a cool weapon, and it's so visually, it's more interesting. You know, it's not the same. You know, it's not a machete or an axe or something. It's something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, I mean, it was fun. I don't know. Meh. I mean, it has uh, fucking, uh, Jason Alexander in it, which was weird. With and, hair. With hair. And Holly Hunter. And, with hair. 
can't Thank God her. she doesn't talk too much. Yeah, she's... Was she in it? She's just... She doesn't say much in it. She's, she's just one of the campers. Yeah. Oh. Well, and it has um, the guy from Short Circuit. Yep, Fisher <laughs> Stevens. Yep, him. Very, very young Fisher Stevens. Super young. Oh, my gosh. Like yeah. he's about 10. <laughs> Hasn't even hit puberty yet. It was fun. I really liked the look of the guy. You know, I like the setup of how a, a, a prank goes horribly wrong and they burn the counselor and he's the one coming back. <coughs> you know, it seems like a very typical sort of campfire story. And But he has a really cool look to him, like his whole burned up face and all that. Oh, yeah. I love the look of, of Cropsy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> special effects by Tom Sweeney. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. I don't know that it necessarily stands out from a lot of other things that I've seen, other than, like I said, the murder weapon because it's so cool. Um, yeah. Well, great gore effects, great look of the killer. You know, great yeah. design of the killer. It's in. It, it also has slight a slight footnote. It's like the first uh, film the Weinstein's ever produced. Um, oh, I didn't realize that they did that. Yep. Um, and again, a great cast that, you know, out of all these 80 slashers, probably has the most successful cast, you know, with Jason mm-hmm. Alexander, Holly Hunter, um, uh, Ned Eisenberg, who I love. You guys ever seen, um, uh, probably one of my favorite 80s comedies, uh, Moving Violations? Mm-mm. Yes. Living Violations is awesome. <laughs> Classic. Ned, Ned Eisenberg is probably my favorite character in that because he plays he plays us, but like a more extreme version of us, like the the dark side of us. Because he's this big horror nut, and um, like the first scene you see him in, he's hitting on Jennifer Tilly. But his idea of hitting on her is like, you ever see Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> <laughs> the movie's great. You know, he's it it really funny in it. But yeah, and that doesn't work. I know. Uh, right? Doesn't for me. Has it ever for us guys? No. <laughs> I love probably. I mean, as a girl. Yeah, yeah I'm just. Sure. I'm weird though. I'm not a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So, so yeah. Um, a cat. Uh, you know, you you talk about like any Friday Thirteenth movie or you know. Um, just before dawn, going back to that, but like all these movies, um, Sleepaway Camp that, that that didn't really have a lot of people that went on to do many many other th- things, but The Burning has got quite a few people in it that uh, kind of broke broke out of that, so that's pretty cool. And I think as far as like camp movies go, it's it's one of the few slashers that actually shows the day to day stuff of summer camp. Yeah. Like, you don't, you didn't, you know, like, Sleepaway Camp obviously is a lot like that as well, but, like, you know, most of the Friday 13th, you don't get a whole lot of the summer camp stuff. You don't even see kids, campers, in those movies. <laughs> you barely see daylight. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. So, so the burning has that going for it as well, but. Well, Justin, your thoughts on the burning? I love it. That's my favorite camp slasher movie. Nice. It's, it's got so much going on throughout the whole thing. It's hilarious. It's honest portrayal of kids. Mm-hmm. It's got George Costanza. It's got <laughs> the guy from um, Short Circuit. It's got all kinds of great stuff in it. It's really, really excellent. And Savini's work is fantastic. Yeah, top lots notch. Of, 
Oh yeah, lots of great set pieces throughout the whole thing. I love the music for it. The score is again oh, this, yeah. this era of great foreboding electronic scores, and this is one I think Rick Wakeman did the score for this, and so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what else has he done? Because yeah, that that is probably that would probably make my top top ten you know horror movie scores. Yeah, it was released years ago on vinyl. Oh, and, and there was a website that I found years ago who. Uh, and they took a lot of sort of lost scores and they digitized them and put them out. So I have a version of it, which is a little crummy in terms of quality, but so cool to have in here. So it is out there. It's worth tracking down. I'm sure it's out in the bootleg market or something like that. But he was the he was in Yes. He was a keyboardist and sort of the main guy in oh, the band no Yes. And he also played with Bowie for a, for a while and oh, nice. or for a long time and. Well, that that makes sense though too, because going back to the Weinstein's, they started in like in concert promotions. That's what they were. They were concert promoters, so they worked with a lot of bands. So I'm, you know, I'm not surprised that they actually had, you know, somebody from a rock rock group do the score. They probably knew him through through their previous life. So yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. Yeah, and this the raft scene. Oh. Right. Fly. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. When they show up there and the hand and they cut the fingers off and all that and they especially when when you finally get to see the unedited version of that. Yeah. In the the Blu-ray release, so it's really stunning. That yeah, I forgot about that. That was another movie that you know back in the day, it was infamous in my circle because we could never find a copy, and when we did find a copy, it was highly edited. Yeah. Um, that was another movie that got that got chopped up a lot by the MPA mm-hmm. and yeah, all the good gore time. was unavailable for the longest time. Right. <clears throat> I remember the thing, the one thing that bothered me in this movie. Um, there's the scene where the two uh, kids are out in the woods doing it or whatever. Yeah. And he, and he leaves and she gets hacked up or whatever and he comes back and she's hidden under the blanket and and he pulls up the blanket to like check on her and like all of a sudden, the shears are like in his face. I'm like, how did he not see that entire person <laughs> right there? Like Sharp I didn't understand rule. where he came from. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just I, that was the one thing that caught me off guard. I'm like, wait, what? what that happened? shit gets to me nowadays a lot, though. Where like somebody's looking around and this by themselves, and they're looking around because they heard a noise, and they're in this open area. And then they turn, and they have obviously scanned the entire place, and then they turn around, and bam, there's somebody there. It's like, there's no fucking way! Well, yeah, it'd be like one thing if he was, like, under the blanket with the girl or something, but it was just the shears, like, by her head, and then they come up and get him. I'm like, so he couldn't have been under the blanket. He was just there. I did, yeah, Carpenter, I'll shut up. So that really bothers you nowadays, (laughs) hey, Jason? Yeah. We're going to watch Friday 13th Part 8 after this podcast. No, I know. It's terrible, too. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the one that bugs me the most, is Teleportation Jason in Part 8. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You've seen The Burning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Has it been a while? Uh, not too long ago. It was good. Okay. I liked it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What other what other ones? What else did you watch in prep for this episode, Terry? 
You don't want to make your prep go to waste, right? That's right. You know? I also watched The Prowler. Ooh. Ooh. Another uh, another Savini splatfest, yeah. It, yeah, it was an interesting idea with the whole soldier and whatnot, and he leaves a rose on all of his victims. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan, I guess, of the setting. Like, it was a little confusing to me, because um, it was set at a college, but it was... It didn't feel like a college. I guess just, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was it was all right. I don't think it was my favorite of the ones that I watched, but. No, I mean, and if it was, I don't think if it wasn't for Savini's, um, Savini's effects. And, yeah. and, and, and um, on, I will say uh, Joseph Zito's uh, direction as well. I, I think it's, I think it's well direct, directed and it's kind of got, kind of got his stamp on it you know if you were to compare to other joseph zito films you can kind of see you can kind of make connections but i mean other than that like i i could see it's like it it probably would have gotten lost in the shuffle if it wasn't for for samini's effects in particular i mean what does what does anyone else think about prowler well on the savini front that scene with the knife through the bottom of the mouth like through the oh, chin yeah. Yeah. that goes up all the way through the head that is so brutal because it's <laughs> because it doesn't pull away yeah. Yeah. you yeah. don't cut away from it and you see it all looks so incredibly real that you're just like ah this is how is this how did this happen it is i think probably out of all the stuff savini has done over the years i think it's, it may be the best thing the most realistic uh, hardest thing to watch that he's created because you w- see the person responding to it. Mm-hmm. You see their eyes kind of roll up a little bit. You see them dealing with the pain of it moving through. And it's so slow. And uh, that's hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when they uh, they stab the chick with the pitchfork in the shower. That scene lasted a million years. <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it was for the gore effect or because she was naked. But... It lasted a million years. I don't. It seemed to it was, last it was just the right amount like it, of time for me. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was well done. It just, yeah. <laughs> I, I I really love. I didn't see the reveal coming. I don't know how I didn't. Like when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, really? How did I not guess this?" I I mean, I wasn't tr- actively trying to. I guess I wasn't expecting a big surprise but I don't I thought yeah this general story of it was kind of it was different which was a little refreshing yeah yeah and also has another amazing Tom Savini head explosion oh yeah the shotgun to the head yeah (laughs) again in my top 10 lists Best head explosions of all time. Savini has three of them, so. Yeah. Is, is Maniac one? Maniac is one. That's the one that gets that's, me. That's in the top five because he blows up his own head. So yeah. and it's in slow motion. Yeah. Like yeah, you could say the same thing for the scanner's head explosion, but as great as that is, I I really think I I like the Maniac head explosion even better. 
I mean, they're yeah, they're both in slow motion, but it it maintains the <laughs> the scanner says that big flap. You know, it's just like yeah, the flap that, is, that's is cool. cool. Gross. I just like watching Tom Savini's head explode. Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> Nowadays, I think a lot of people will agree with that. I, you know, I try not to say anything bad about people that I've met, but fuck that guy. You say bad stuff guy. about us all the time. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> you, Terry. Just Jason. No. Um. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, he just—he's not a pleasant individual to meet, and I've heard that from. Numerous people, so... Unfortunately, too many people at this point. I mean, he's got to know, people say this about him, that they... they I don't think he cares. Why does he still do Why does he still do all these shows? Because he's... He's fucking sex machine. Here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up. You guys ever (laughs) see that documentary, Full Tilt Boogie? I started to watch it a couple weeks ago, but never finished it, just because I fell asleep. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's a really good doc. It was good, I was just tired. Gotcha. I think it's in there where they interview Savini, and he makes the bold statement about like being nice to his fans, because you never know which ones are going to grow up to be Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, and I'm like thinking, um, do you need to take your own advice again here, pal? (laughs) What's going on? Anyway, he blew his own head up, and that's pretty cool. It's very cool. But Prowler's head explosion, where does it rank on the list? We're starting a new show of of lists, so just... (laughs) (laughs) Let's do an entire episode with movies that have head explosions. Let's just do that. Well, let's see what you got. (laughs) Not right now. Not now. You asked me, where does it rank? Later. You're asking Mike to count? God, oh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> it might be in the top five, but uh, I know Chopping Mall makes my top ten as oh, well. Yeah. Nice. Scanners has to be in the top ten because it's like the most famous head explosion. And again, it's slow motion, so that's what makes that one so so amazing. You've seen uh, Riccio, right? Oh, Riccio. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, so I love when he just crushes that head and it explodes. Uh-huh. That's a good one. That, that's that definitely in my top five for sure. Isn't that the clip they used to use on the original Daily Show? Like, yes. You know, before John Stewart? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? And then in college, I finally saw the movie. I'm like, oh, I fucking get it now. That is awesome. <laughs> Do you have that one on DVD, John? No, I, I surprisingly don't. I oh. have like a burn copy somewhere. But I, I've been meaning to buy the uh, Blu-ray edition that came out sometime well, I don't in know if the, the last bl- couple years. I don't know if the Blu-ray is the same as the DVD. Probably not because it... it, it so is non-existent anymore but i have the dvd of it and and it's advertised on the dvd as seen on the daily show intro (laughs) (laughs) like that's a big selling point for that movie that's awesome it makes me want to buy it (laughs) that's like oh what is that clip that conan o'brien always shows when paul rudd comes on do you know what i'm talking about it's like yeah, the E.T. ripoff. Yeah. Mac and me, that's it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Every time. It's so funny. <laughs> they go to show a clip of a movie that he's like he's come there to promote, and every single time it's just the same clip from Mac and Me. No kidding. Yeah. And he's not even in Mac and Me, is he? No. <laughs> no, Paul Rudd brings it and shows it. Yeah, every single time. Oh, that's, 
awesome. I love Paul Rudd even more now. <laughs> like, he doesn't care what about what he's promoting. He's just going to show it every he's time. He's just glad somebody paid him money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he has a problem getting work. I, I love him. He's he's one of the reasons why I love uh, Halloween 6. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. What else did you watch, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> Those were the ones I watched just recently. I mean, not too long ago, I rewatched uh, Prom Night, which is another good one. Prom Night, yeah, the original. Not I hope the, you mean the original. I think, I think right. you said that wrong. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> when you said it was good, I'm like, I think you said that wrong. You meant to say Prom <laughs> Night Two is the good one. Prom Night Two is pretty awesome. That that but is that is just an awesome movie. I like the first one too. Yeah, the first I mean, one's good. It's got its moments, but I, I love the second one so much that it definitely overshadows the first one. What? No, At least in my eyes. No love for part three, The Last Kiss? You know, I own it, and I've no. never, never watched it. Dude, seriously, watch it. Because <laughs> I, own, I own three and four, but... I watched it for the first... Yeah, there's four, yeah. <laughs> 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 I watched it for I watched part three for the first time last year. I think it was last year. I freaking love it. It's horrible, but I love it. It's 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 the only one in the whole franchise that actually is connected to another movie. It's kind of a sequel to part two can, in the fact that it deals with the Mary Lou character, but it is so out of character of Mary Lou and everything that happened in part two. Like she's still a ghost in it, but like it's it's a it's a horror comedy now, and like she falls <laughs> in love with this boy, and so she manipulates this boy into killing people and stuff, and they and he buries them in the football field. It's <laughs> like you do. It's, That's what you do. <laughs> it is so it is so cheesy, but it, you got to check it out because I'm I just I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that they try to do a sequel, an actual sequel to something in this franchise. But it's still so removed from that original original piece. So Know what I'm watching this week now. Yeah. <laughs> Prom Night Three. The Last Kiss. Prom Night Three, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> well, and one of my favorite slashers, it's not one that I've watched necessarily for this episode, but uh I love Behind the Mask, and I think oh. that's one of the more inventive. So oh yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I, well, I mean, and I love you know the whole mockumentary sort of style is just so much fun, and that one was just done so well. It's one of my favorites for sure. So yeah, good. Yeah, it, it hadn't been that long ago since you've watched it, right, Jason? Or has it been a while? Oh, it, it hasn't been that long. Okay. <laughs> Have you had a chance to talk about your opinions of it since you've watched it on the show? Yeah, I agree with Terry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's what she said. she said. It's inventive. It's well, fucking I, cool. Well, I mean, you've got uh, Robert, Robert England, England and, and Scott, uh, Scott ha- Harris. No. No? Shoot. Herschel. Her- yeah. What the hell is his last name? Wilson. Wilson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That guy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, with uh, like cameo supporting roles, it's just such such a film for horror fans. And 
I, it, it's I just meta, love it. and you love meta. I love meta. Oh, and yeah. It, it really just breaks down the whole slasher formula to a T. It's just so perfect. How he, how he sets up the house for the slaughter. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, all right, so uh, I'm going to leave this window open so they can come out, but what they don't know is I've already pre-cut the branches. Yeah. <laughs> this is so when they, oh, well, they keep, the one guy keeps saying, oh, you finally got your Ahab or whatever. And I'm like, God, uh-huh. that's so awesome. And how he he's, he explains how he does the the uh, walk to the the fast walk or whatever. Yeah. Know, how how it always they look like they're walking, but they're actually like running. And he's like, oh, it's it's really a lot harder than it looks. He talks about how he trains for it. So fucking smart. It is. I love it's been a it. while since I've watched it. I need to rewatch that, but I, I do love it. And I, and I love. The look of him too, Leslie Vernon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and you've got you know you, they go to the library and you have a cameo by um, Poltergeist lady. I can't remember her name either. Zelda. Yes, yeah. her. Um, she's the librarian, and lots of just fun little shout outs to horror fans. It's really awesome. I stayed away from it for so long because I hated the name of it. Yeah. The really long name of it. Yeah. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I'm like, what? That's stupid. I ain't watching that. <laughs> That's too many words. It's fucking that awesome. Just, this is like, like a documentary title. I mean, most documentaries, you know, they have those But it makes It makes that. sense now. It's oh, smart. <laughs> it's like a real behind-the-scenes reel of this fake thing. It's so yeah. fucking cool. You mean this wasn't a real documentary? Yeah, John, it was. Of course it was, buddy. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. It's don't, real. Don't, don't ruin him. Don't hurt. Easter Bunny's <laughs> real too. Don't, Bunny. yeah, no, it's... don't watch Critters Bunny. too. Don't watch what? Don't watch Critters too. Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> oh. Wait, what's wrong with Critters too? I don't know. Easter Bunny. Come on, come on! I want that song stuck in my head for another three years. Hungry ever. <laughs> Yes, we got singing on this episode. <laughs> That's how we know it's a good episode. <laughs> oh, man, where were we? What were we talking about? I don't even know anymore. Behind the mask? Mm-hmm. I think I think we've, we've talked, talked through that one. Eric, have you ever seen it? Behind the mask? Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's a great film. I want to see. I want to see the sequel go through, but yeah, I know, it doesn't I know. seem that, like it's ever going to happen. If I win the lottery, that's I'm funding <laughs> that movie. Yeah, it's going on record right now. <laughs> didn't they? They tried a crowd fund, crowdfunding, didn't they? Yeah, and it didn't. I don't think it funded. So Which weird. is surprising. Yeah, it's got such a following, you know. Weird. Yeah, so everybody's, being a fan everybody's putting all their money towards this podcast. They're not. They're not <laughs> I know. I can only earlier. Hell yeah. <laughs> so if the it's podcast, our fault. If the podcast reaches fifty thousand, we'll <laughs> donate donate yes. a couple of that. Maybe maybe it you know it has a good following. I think maybe if they would try in in like another five or ten years, it might have more of a. I think more people are slowly catching on to it. Then it's just going to be Leslie Vernon in, in the nursing home, and <laughs> that would be talking to old people just can't be that entertaining. Oh, <laughs> slow down, Grandpa, with the walker. 
Dude, a serious like sequels a, aren't in real time, John. You know, a that. slasher <laughs> it can in be. a nursing home. Like oh, I want to, I would watch. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be a prequel, right? Oh, was it really? Oh. I think so. And you, and you thought we were fans? You don't even know <laughs> what I, what I, kind I, of following, Mike. Mike I can be wrong on that, but to, to my understanding, it was uh, it was a prequel. That would and that would have uh, that would have been kind of cool. Son of a bitch, we need to, this needs to happen. <laughs> I know. Make some calls, Justin. Make this happen. <laughs> On it. <laughs> I was I was rewatching the Hatchet films here recently, um, with the audio commentary. And on part two, they were talking about... There's like a <clears throat> nod to um, to Behind the Mask in part two. Because I get... Adam Green talks about how, like, when Hatchet 1 uh, first came out, it was... It showed up at a lot of the same festivals as Behind the Mask. And, hmm. you know, I mean, as much as I love the Hatchet films, it just makes me sad that we've got three Hatchet films and they cannot get an, another Behind the Mask off the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but then again, at the same time, like, the film by itself is so great that it's untarnished. You know, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. anything. We don't always to... have to have sequels yeah. to everything we like. Some things might even be better because there aren't sequels to it. We've exactly. had that discussion before. Hmm. Exactly. That's and I think that one, I mean, I would love to see more content that's similar to that. Or, you know, but... We got Final I'm... Girls. That was really meta and cool. And Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I think that it's fine standalone as it is. But I will gladly take more. Oh, I will shit, not yeah. turn it away, but... So good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you guys would keep talking. Justin, did you have another slasher that you wanted to talk about? Um... <laughs> yeah, J-Dog, we don't get you too much. Yeah. It's always good to hear what you have to say. Uh, let me look and see if there's something that isn't always talked about. And, and doesn't have a Bigfoot in it. Or a shark. Bigfoot or a shark. God, that really eliminates my shelf. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Let's let's discuss something real quick. Okay, you gave us your list for the last episode, but you were not present. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So we couldn't we couldn't. I kind of got the car wreck, didn't I? You kind of did. Yeah, you kind of did. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so weak. <laughs> okay, anyway. What, was, it in, was it Into the Grizzly Maze? Is that yes. the one that... Have you you've seen that? Was it good? I yeah, I got that. It's the day it came out. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll make that the next slasher movie I'm going to talk about because <laughs> All right. it manages to combine my love of bear movies <laughs> with the slasher subgenre because it really is a slasher movie with a bear. It's in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I love. So it's all the things I love. It is. I mean, all that needs is a shark. No wonder it made your list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made his list because it has James Marsden in it. Duh. Uh, I saw I this can't. at the video store and with James Marsden on the cover, and I'm like, what is He's this? Great. I'm like, it's got Billy no, Bob Thornton. I like him. So- it's yeah, just when I saw it, my first thought was, I'm sure Justin has seen this already. <laughs> <laughs> and I have. <laughs> yeah, I went because I couldn't find it for purchase anywhere so i actually signed up for a video membership at family video near me here just that's just where i saw pr- it yeah just rent into the grizzly maid i rented it my backup, like, <laughs> and i even asked the guy i'm like i'm like uh can i buy this and he's like no <laughs> that's exactly how he said it he goes no 
No, we have to rent <laughs> this one more time. Business. Yeah. What an and asshole. that's why Justin is no longer allowed in the Marion uh, family yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept the movie. That's all right. He got his one rental out of it that he wanted. It was free rental, right? You sign up, you get one for like eight for free or something. I'm like, well, there's nothing else here I want. So. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, anyway. Family video is awesome, by the way, for anyone in the West. Props to family video for existing, first yes. of all. And second of all. Uh-huh. For just being awesome and for having free kids movies. So, back to Into the Grizzly Maze. It is, you're, you all need to see it because it's excellent. John, it is, you're going to love, as a slasher fan, you're going to love it. The bear, there's no punch in the head off a horse or anything like in Grizzly, but. What a bucket. <laughs> it does have a lot of great stuff. And the cinematography is gorgeous in it. Marsden is great. Billy Bob Thornton is great. He's a sort of emaciated, grizzled old um, poacher. So he's and playing himself. I, I'm not sure if he's a poacher. In real life. <laughs> well, he likes young women, so. Piper Paraboo's hot. Right? I see signs about that all over here. No poaching. <laughs> and the bear, is, the bear is great. And um, Bart the Bear is sort of the Bart Jr., Bart the Bear. You guys might remember him from... Well, all, all like The Bear, the movie. Remember that one? Yeah. And he was the most prominent bear in all bear movies and TV shows for decades. And then he died. And then the guy who took care of him adopted this little, these two little cubs, a male and a female, and he named the male Bart Jr. And that's the bear in this movie. And he's awesome. And he's really good at looking ferocious. And they shoot him really well. So, yes, I know a little bit about bear movies. <laughs> So, too much more than about I bear So <laughs> the history of the fucking bear's names and all that shit. He likes this movie, okay. It's good. My favorite part is that Terry was just walking by, saw the cover, and was like, yeah, Justin's seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you see, look, at, look up the poster of this. Like, oh, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's awesome. It's a Justin movie right there. <laughs> it's awesome. No, you haven't sold me 100% yet. I mean, so what? it's all... Pre- I haven't really heard much other than it's awesome and the scenery's great. It's got Billy Bob and a bear. It's, What's, and what it's got Thomas want? Jane. It, uh, you're Jane. just saying things. Tell about the movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm just... I'm so the bear is... Uh, a menacing presence in a way that in a lot of these movies the bear just like shows up once in a while and it's mostly about the survival of these people. These guys set out to try to capture it and you have on one side the Billy Bob Thornton is just this sort of quint. He just wants to hunt the thing and kill it and get rid of it and he's killing every bear he can find while he's in the woods as they're trying to track down the, the real killer bear and figure out what's going on. And the and the bear, it is all the setups for the kills in the movie are just straight out of a slasher film. It is by the book. Where then there's these two guys who, for example, at the beginning there's two guys who are doing this illegal logging, and they're in the it's in the middle of the night. There's snow coming down. Okay, you added snow to this movie now, so this really is just an orgasm for me. This whole <laughs> it's like if you put it's like the greatest hits of movie porn for me in one movie. And so these two guys go out there in the woods. One of the guys is over sawing a tree, sort of behind it, and his buddy's getting his chainsaw out and getting ready to go cut down some other stuff. And they have this dog with them. The dog starts to act a little antsy. The dude who got out of the truck looks over at his buddy. He's like, hey, hey, turn it off for a second. I think I heard something because they think 
you know, he heard something in the woods. And the chainsaw is still running. His buddy's not responding, though. He walks around the tree and sees that his friend has been demolished. And all that's left is his arm hanging off the running chainsaw, still stuck in the tree. <laughs> and the chainsaw is still going with his, like, you know, eliminated body just thrown away. <laughs> anyway, so then the bear, of course, attacks him. That's how it sort of sets things up. And for the rest of it, you have a lot There's uh, different scenes where, like, the bear... The people are inside a cabin, restaurant place, and the bear is outside menacing them. And you know, one walks out to try to get out. And it's it's a, it is a slasher movie in the woods with a bear as the killer. And a lot of these movies shy away from this. The biggest piece of shit that I've seen in a long time is a movie that I got for eighty-eight cents called Grizzly Rage. I got it at uh, half price. Because <laughs> the cover looked cool. Oh my god, it did. And yeah. I don't know if you saw me ranting about this online. But I, so it was in their dollar bin, and I thought, and it, and I had, and it was 20% off day. And so I'm like, oh, well, I can't miss. Like, I would have spent the dollar, but I'm definitely going to spend 88 cents. <laughs> the cover, is, it says Grizzly Rage, and it's like ripped apart at the screams, which I wanted to kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm looking at this cover for, right now. This looks, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got the bear, right? The bear looks awesome. You got the clueless dude on the right and this gorgeous girl in the middle, right? Okay. Let's rewind a little bit. Anybody here familiar with David Dakota? Oh, yeah. David Dakota has transformed from being one of the premier exploitation Z-grade horror guys of the 80s. And Mike can rattle off about five films probably right now that everyone would know. Sorority Babes, Slimeball, Bolorama, Nightmare Sisters. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's just stop there. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Those three alone. Awesome. Gold, right? David Dakota found a way to stop being broke, and it happened about 10 years ago. <laughs> and that was a series of films that he initiated called 1313, followed by a colon, which is a little bit of irony. So 1313 precedes the title of a bunch of different oh, movies. Oh, I know what you're talking there. about, too. What yeah. these movies are is they're quote-unquote genre films. Dis they're disguised as genre films, but really pretty much just a bunch of, like, maybe 19-year-old men who are all fully shaven in their underwear running around, screaming and rubbing uh. it. So it's, a, it's this weird thing. And even, he's even managed to make two movies with Linnea Quigley, Brink, and Michelle, um, Michelle Bauer. Three of the, the three scream queens. And he still manages to shoehorn them in a little bit to an overall story about a bunch of dudes in panties running around. <laughs> and, and like tidy whities running around. So back to Grizzly Rage. You look at the cover of this movie, and I'm thinking, 88 cents, beautiful girl, bloody bear. Sweet. You put the movie in. The girl has maybe one line in the whole film. It's about three dudes and this girl in a truck. And they're being, they're trying to get away. They're like, get, okay, so there's a bear that's this. hardly oh. ever there. Oh, my God. And I'm just going to talk about this and not even about Into the Grizzly Maze anymore because you need to know. <laughs> this, this is, is a, like a warning like sex, for all sex of you. ed for you guys. Like, okay. <laughs> Here's what, here's what to stay away from. So wear a rubber before watching this movie. Actually, don't even, don't, don't even dive in. This is a gutter whore, is what this movie is. So in the movie, so they go out in this truck, and you see glimpses of the bear here and there. And you start to realize after a while, like, man, that looks like the same shot. And I think some total, they have about three minutes of bear that they got. So maybe they, like, like the, the, they went to the bear guy and said, hey, we're making a movie about a bear. 
we need to rent your bear. And the guy's like, well, it costs $1,000 an hour. And they're like, well, we can't afford that. So the guy's like, all right, see you later. And the guy walks back in his house, and they quickly sneak like two minutes of footage <laughs> of the bear, just like sort of lounging around, right? So the, in, in the, oh, the, the movie has so little bear in it, so little fucking bear, and it's this repetitive shot over and over again. What is the movie, you ask? Where is this beautiful girl in the film that surely is going to be naked because it's a David Dakota film? She's hardly... She's in the backseat whimpering the whole time. What it is about, what there are, are extended scenes of these guys. Okay, the, the Jeep gets stuck in the mud, and there's these guys. Of course, they're they, they struggling to get the chain hooked up to get it pulled out. They, and so there's slow-motion shots of these shirtless guys, like, wiping grease off their foreheads and, like, toweling each other down and stuff. like. It is, it, it's a 1313 film without the 1313 thing. And the, the worst part, the greatest crime is that when you show up to a bear movie, you're thinking like a bear <laughs> horror movie, any horror movie, you're there for the horror elements. There's going to be people being killed. There's going to be whatever. What happens is they will, it works the same for all two kills in the movie. You, they cut to person being frightened looking up. <laughs> cut to shot of bear that was clearly stolen and not at all cinematic in any way. The bear doesn't even, it looks mildly menacing at best. Cut back to the person, all of a sudden they're being thrown across frame into like a wall. And then they, they land on the ground, and that's how they die. That's this movie. And then 90 minutes later, you're looking, and you've never, ever in your life regretted, so regretted spending 88 cents on anything. <laughs> as much as you know, grizzly rage. So it fills you with grizzly rage. It makes me want to have my Blu-ray of grizzly consume this, yeah. this DVD and shit it out. So I can take it back to Half Price Books and say, I'd like a return. I'd like my 88 cents back. And then I want to email David Dakota and figure out what the fuck is going on here and why <laughs> Eric Roberts isn't in this movie, like in all the rest of his movies now. <laughs> so that's why you should see Into the Grizzly Man, because it's better. I would have loved to have seen you walk into Half Price Books and be like, I want to return this. Really? You just spent more gas getting over here than this 88 cents. I don't so fucking bad. care. Take Principal. it back. I was so mad. I was angry. <laughs> you were filled with grizzly rage. I was filled with grizzly rage, yeah. That's why it was called that. Yeah. Oh, man. So, slashers. <laughs> Bears can slash, too. Fucking Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> we just ruined his night. <laughs> well, he's never coming back. Oh, he made man. a movie called A Talking Cat. <laughs> yep, he did. Yeah. With Eric Roberts. <laughs> well, I'm pretty course. sure you could hire to do your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, because I need to do laundry. You'll show up. Oh, man. <clears throat> <sighs> I don't know I don't know how to... I don't know what to say after all that, man. I need a Valium. I'm, I'll be right back. <laughs> <clears throat> well... Now the party's going to start. Yeah. I think um, I think maybe we should start winding things up. Uh, it just man, it just although it just feels like we've barely scraped the tip of the iceberg, man. Oh, for sure. If you're talking the slashers, the whole genre, but these are definitely one. This is you know the ones we like, the ones we've seen, the ones we recommend mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even still, with that, there's there's still a ton it's, more that yeah, I would recommend. It's so hard. Because almost anything in horror can really 
you know, they share aspects with the slasher subgenre, you know. Well, yeah, like Italian uh, Giallo movies. Yeah. Yeah, which but, is one thing I wanted to kind of get into, but I don't know if we have the time. But like, you know, slashers versus Giallo. I mean, what? Where's where's the uh, where's the separation? Um, I mean, I think like each have specific formulas that that follow. Um, maybe and with Jallos, I think it's it's even more specific than a slasher. But then, like you can say that there's some some Italian films that the slasher genre owes a lot to, like Twitch of the Death Nerve and Bay of Blood, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Like uh, Twitch of the you know like Friday Thirteen Part Two. There's elements that you could say are like literally stolen from Twitch of the Death Nerve, like the uh, the couple in bed together having sex and the spear goes all the way through them. Exact same thing done in Twitch of the Death Nerve. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just interesting because like you could you can subclass a lot of Jalo into slasher, but there I still think there's a uh, a distinct difference between the two. Mm. So I, I just kind of wanting to get into that, but I don't, I don't know if we really got the time now. Maybe we should just do a, a Jalo episode. That would be cool. Yeah, That'd be <laughs> very cool. Let's do that. I own a lot of those too. <laughs> Me <200. too. laughs> I think that one thing to say about slashers is that uh, for people who are sort of outside of the genre that aren't necessarily horror film fans you know when they say when, when they talk about horror what they talk about is slashers like they associate that subgenre as being the genre as a whole you know what i mean like mm-hmm. oh yeah horror movies those are when some guy in a mask goes around hacking and slashing people like that's that's what people always associate with that which is maybe not necessarily always a good thing. You know, yeah. they don't... They aren't very open-minded, but, you know, those people suck if they don't already <laughs> like horror movies, so fuck them. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> this episode's full of anger. Rage. You need a volume, too. <laughs> I think we all do. Let's just have a party. Volume party! Woo! Nobody gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so again, like you know, we did talk about a lot of a lot of great titles, but I think there's definitely a lot more that I think are essential. Um, so I, you know, I definitely say it's honorable mentions time. Um, um, a few of them that I think are essentials, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, is definitely is definitely an essential film for sure. Yeah, especially as as being part of the history of of the slasher genre and and the fact that th- this was the one of the ones that caused a lot of controversy back in the day and I think it sadly opened up a lot of eyes to the genre of um people looking down on it and and trying to uh get them to stop making those type of films but but it also has my favorite death in a movie ever Antlers yep yeah I know I've mentioned that on the show before but it just it's really something special. Yeah, it is. It is special. I mean, it helps. You know, it's Linnea Quigley and well, yeah, topless. But and again, it's it's um, like mentioned before. I forget with what movie, but like it's a slow, it's a slow kill too. Like he's just 
slowly pushing around those antlers. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool scene. Um, I think, you know, Sleepaway Camp is an essential to uh, to the slasher genre. Um, you know, one of the components of, of slasher that became a component um, as the as the genre grew is is having you know kind of the surprise ending, and no surprise ending is more shocking than <laughs> the ending of Sleepaway Camp. <clears throat> um, I, don't think you, I don't think you could ever top that one either. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> um, and then like uh, some other essentials, you know, obviously like Friday Thirteenth and Halloween. You know, those are definitely ones that. Um, that really that set those rules and set the standards for what for what a slasher is. So, who else has got some honorable mentions? Toolbox Murders. Nice. I like that one. I like the remake too. I was gonna say, did you see the remake? Yeah. Yeah, I like the remake too. Even though it, to call it a remake is is kind of an injustice because it doesn't follow the original story at all. I think the Massacre series of films, which is varied and not at all cohesive as a unit. But a lot of movies have put massacre as you know a tag on there, like Sorority House Massacre, the Slumber Party Massacre films, Cheerleader Massacre. Uh, there's oh, a, Cheerleader Massacre! I love Cheerleader Massacre. That's yeah. one of my favorite Wynorski pictures. That's so good. But that I, I think that in Slumber Party Massacre and Sorority House Massacre were everywhere. Mm-hmm. They were they were in every oh, yeah. video store oh, and. Yeah. I think that those were cornerstones. If I mean, they are playing by the rules. There's nothing particularly unique about them, but be, I think that they were part of a lot of our, in, in, you know, they were entry into this whole thing for a lot of people just because they were in everyone's video store. So I think those were important. Nailgun massacre is up there. Really? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> like yeah, I thought we were just one. mentioning movies with the name massacre. In. Oh, yeah. Sorry. oh, microwave massacre. That movie Texas rules. Chainsaw. Is that really a microwave yeah. massacre? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. And it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. That had it the best so video good. box. That, because the <laughs> box was one of those that you, it was interactive. Yep. And you push the button and the microwave lights up on the cover. Oh, my God. It was that and then Dead Pit. That was another one where you pushed Dead the button. Dead Pit's and the also ice light up. Yeah. Well, and then you got the Frankenhooker where you push the box and she, she says, Want a date? Yeah. <laughs> that was sexy. Oh. It was, it was a sad day when I realized my my talking uh, Frankenhooker box stopped working. So, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna cry for that talking Frankenhooker <laughs> box. But, uh, I'll give a shout out to the Scream movies. Mm-hmm. Always have a soft spot for those. Heck yeah, brought the slasher back. Yeah, yeah, brought, brought horror back. Yeah, I'm really did. Yeah. yeah, it was in the doldrums at that point. That that that, that series did so much. Ugh. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I always have a hard time lumping the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies into the slasher genre because there's so much more than that, but they are slashers as well. And yeah. I love You're them. picking off kids. You're making a body count. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's part of it, right? They just do the it in such there. a different way. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's just got more of a supernatural element to it than your standard slasher. I, no, I, see sure. what you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Maniac Cop. Popcorn. Popcorn. Oh my god! Yes! (laughs) Oh, Oh, Mike. (laughs) Let's talk about that for a minute, because I love popcorn. I love that movie. Oh. Eric, what do you have to say about it? 
I think it's funny that they filmed it in Jamaica because there's no reason that they had to ship the crew down there. Well, they had the reason. <laughs> had nothing to do with the movie, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, I love the I love the cheesy uh, theme song about the movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> but overall, like I, I liked it. It felt um. It felt like they were trying to give like an homage to to um, William Castle. Definitely like, with the with the with the various kills inside the actual movie theater. Yeah, all the all the gimmicks, you know, with the they had the right. mo- the movie marathon, and each movie had like a, a theatrical gimmick attached to it, much like the old William Castle movies. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that movie too, and I wish somebody did. That ever get a Blu-ray treatment? Uh, Synapse is working on it. Oh, that's exciting! There hasn't been anything. Insider onto that, like there's something going on, right? Haven't you heard about that? Popcorn. Pop. There's something going on, and I don't remember if you heard what's going on with the deal. There, there was some setback. I thought with with popcorn. I don't really know. I know that there's been a lot of fan activity. Uh, the same. I can't. The, there were some people. Well, Christy from the Christy, Fried yeah, Rags. Right. She was trying to get something off the grid. Well, was it a documentary about it? Or maybe it was an actual Blu-ray release. But yeah, they for some reason it just keeps stalling. I don't. I don't know what the deal is. Is there any rights issues that are being held? I up? don't think that's what it, I. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of that would interfere. I, I really don't know. But the, the rights of so many movies, it's not yeah. clean cut. Very few movies yeah. are just like, okay, here's the film. You can do this. I mean, it's not that easy. That's why Scream Factory, for example, has this – they found a pot of gold in their deal with MGM. If you look at their catalog, it's probably like 85% MGM titles just because that's easy. Yeah. So it, 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 like when I did the Sleepaway Camp thing, it was it – was, tough finding all that stuff tracking those things down is not easy so i don't know popcorn is a movie that i don't think had real huge distribution i don't know how many i don't know how easy the the, the elements would be to track down on that or if that's the problem or if there yeah, was a right maybe it was the elements but i i, I can't remember i know every once in a while synapse will put an update like hey this is still happening but i can't remember the exact problem it's a shame though, because I, I I do want that on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Oh, such a fan of that movie. I love I love the movies within the movie, and yeah. um and it also for me, uh you know I'm such a huge fan of of Bob Clark. Uh, I'm a big Bob Clark fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a big yeah. Alan Ornsby fan. Um, and I love their collaboration on things in the '70s, like Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Um, <clears throat> And uh, like Death Dream, this one was kind of almost kind of a comeback to that because Alan Ornsby was the original director, but he got like fired after three weeks. His, I believe it's his son, even makes an appearance in the movie, um, um, and he's uncredited. And then Bob Clark was a producer on it, but he also is uncredited. So there's something, there's always some kind of weird mystery about. That that I've always been fascinated with, just be being a Bob Clark and Alan Ornsby fan, and the idea for me of like, oh, this is going to be the closest thing to seeing those two work together again, you know. And uh, I'll never get to ask Bob Clark any questions about it. Um, I should probably hurry up and track down Alan Ornsby before it's too late. But 
to, to get the answers that I want. But uh, Eric, why why did you address the film? Why did you pick this one? Uh, I just realized we didn't mention it. I was just like, you know, there's a lot of movies that were discussed tonight, and Popcorn was not one of them. That is kind of shocking. Yeah, but it's also shocking you guys had never seen American Gothic. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> baffling. It's just, I can't believe Stumped it. It's amazing. It's never been done before. <laughs> I, mean, I thought for sure at least between these would've... between these kids, I know it's it's really shocking. I'm I'm really shocked that I don't have a copy somewhere. <laughs> Son of a bitch! You call yourself, well, a but I you will in 20, about two weeks. 2016 goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm gonna you know as soon as payday hits on Friday, I'm yes. gonna buy a copy <laughs> gonna from say the it's... UK because it was way cheaper. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> Any other honorable mentions? Uh, what do I have on my list? Uh, well, we kind of discussed pieces, didn't we? Maybe. I, don't know, uh, so that was I really like the Laid to Rest series. If anybody's seen those, I still haven't seen. Those. Um, yeah. I I think Rob Hall ha- has done a fantastic job with those. I don't. In a weird way, I think the Hatchet series from Adam Green is better, but uh. Nick Principe as Chrome Skull in the later S series, he's so fucking menacing. And I, I love the gore effects. I mean, he's just he's just brutal. Like, doesn't hold back on the kills. Um, like, fucking the first one, a guy gets a knife through his cheek, basically just cuts the, the front half of his face off. Aye. Yeah. Yeah, I really do love the later S series. I, I hope they do a third one. I don't know if that's ever going to happen or not. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. Any other honorable mentions? Nope. No, they're not. Nothing? Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a break and come back and we'll do some segments. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. Sure. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Necronomicast. We also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Did we say horror movies? <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> 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 
Okay, we're back. Segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And we start with, uh, the way we always do, with uh, some shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! Alright, so I asked, you know, what are your favorite slasher flicks? Got a bunch of responses on Facebook. Uh, let's get through them. We got Lisa Norvell Owen says, All the Friday 13ths, All the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and Scream. Nice. Yep, she knows what's up. <laughs> uh, Greg Amortis says, 1978 Halloween. It was just obvious, that's why we didn't talk about it, right? <laughs> okay. That's a given. And uh, Peeping Tom Anybody? No? I still have not seen that. Yeah, me neither. Um, What? Have you seen it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just judging you guys. She just wanted to be cool for a moment. Yeah. (laughs) He also says, Prowler, The Burning, pretty much all Friday 13th flicks, and Will Hill, pretty much everything from the 1980s. Um, Casey Bates says Friday 13th Part 2 and Pieces are my top two. I can watch those anytime. Derek John says The Burning, The Prowler. I love all the Friday 13th movies and most of the Halloween movies except Trick or Treat, motherfucker. F. Dot, dot, dot. And <laughs> some of the newer movies are Maniac 2012. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. was good. High Tension. Oh. And I really liked Charlie's Farm for a low-budget movie. It had some pretty good effects. Charlie's Farm. I think it's a Charles Manson thing. Oh. Oh. Um, Just came out. hmm. I think it's got Bill Mosley. Man, seriously, High Tension is one of my just flat-out all-time favorite films. It's so good. Yeah, I don't know how we didn't mention that earlier, but that is a monumentally beautiful film. Mm-hmm. And now that Joe's not here to disagree, <laughs> yeah. now now we can uh, sing its praises. That was one of my favorite taboos. What I used to listen to you guys before I was on, just Joe <laughs> bitching about that movie, it was one of the best things ever. I love digging into him. That was so. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, Gerald Martin says the original Black Christmas by Bob Clark still works for me. Woo! With a Woo! lot with a lot of inspired elements throughout the entirety of that movie. I also have a soft spot in my heart for Hell Night with Linda Blair as a fine example of the spooky old house motif. See, I've always been, I don't know what it is about that movie, too, because there's nothing special about it, but there's always something I've really liked about that movie, too, that, you know... Hell Night? Yeah, Hell Night. Um, Maybe it's because of Linda Blair, or maybe for, for being a slasher film, it's so brightly lit. Um, maybe it's the creepy house or the, the, the deformed maniacs that are doing all the killing, but, or maybe it's just been the time frame when I originally saw the film, but I, I love Hell Knight. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eric, Eric Sutherland says, Wolverine, but that's the fanboy in me, LOL, get it, slasher, flick, <laughs> hashtag bad, bad jokes, award. Um, award? Uh, Susanna, zombie lover, says, hmm, for me, 
the Saw franchise. Oh. Okay. Derek Patello says Black Christmas, Halloween. Not a big <laughs> slasher fan. Oh, and My Bloody Valentine. That Derek. You know what? I'll, I'll accept calling the Saw franchise slashers as long as you're not calling them torture porn. That's fine. We know you hate that. Yeah, but I was. But. But. But is it? But. 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 but, but Terry's calling bullshit on Saw is what I think I'm hearing. But they're not. They're not. Do, the but, rules. It's not someone going around doing it to them. They're like doing it. But I guess. Uh, Derek's wrong. Just say it. <laughs> Call him out, Terry. Because there's not in the Saw movie. I'm talking about the Saw movies. Derek, yes. she doesn't agree. Okay. Was it Derek? Who said it? Who Derek said Patello. the Saw movies? No. Oh. It? oh. No, it was, it was Su- before that. It was, it was Susie. Susie. Oh, girl well, power. But okay, but, it's not someone going around and hacking and slashing people. But it is someone setting up these traps. I'm really torn on whether to call it's this a bad guy doing a bad thing to people. Hmm. It's yeah, but that's every, that's every horror movie ever. Hmm, I know. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, Susie. Sorry. Uh, uh, Jack Christensen says Henry, portrait of a serial killer. Cool. Nice. Cool. Love that movie. Yep. Uh, Brandon Robinson says Intruder, Stage yeah. Fright, and Curtains. Stage, stage Fright. We didn't get into that one. Did you? Get I, a I made him say that. Oh. <laughs> did you did you end up watching Stage Fright, Terry? Nope, I didn't get to that one. Okay. Curtains. Great flick. Never. Sort of. I've never seen it, but I used to have the poster. I love the. I love the. Yeah, the poster poster's cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, I think yeah, Synapse released it. It's it's a great release. And every time I think of that poster, I'm also reminded of the uh, poster I, I had for another movie I never saw, um, The Initiation. Hmm. <laughs> which has. Um, um, Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Oh, I can't nice. remember. I can't remember her real name. But uh, the poster was really cool because it was like this this woman in this nightgown, and this this giant hand that was holding her at the at the knees, and and the top of her head was like a candle, and like wax was melting all down the body. Very very beautiful art. <clears throat> anyway, I had a quick sub question, John. Do you are you sure you don't work for Synapse? <laughs> uh, you just wish you I wish you get kickbacks, don't you? Something I, I fucking wish. Yeah, they, I know but they do. really are my uh, my favorite. Uh, okay, movie company. All right. Then we had Willis Wheeler. He says Nightmare on Elm Street. Most of the Friday Thirteenth movie. Z. He forgot the S. Uh, New York Ripper. Quack quack. Nice. No, yeah. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> The first sleepaway <laughs> camp and the burning. Nice. Mark LaHue says Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight. Friday thirteenth, four. Cold Prey, one and two. Cold Prey. I've never seen those. I uh, own them and uh, never watched them. <laughs> oh, you should start a. <laughs> you should start a shelf of those. John, of your two hundred slashers, how many have you actually watched? <laughs> uh, I, I, you I, haven't I, watched a lot of them. The, the same 20 over and over again. <laughs> I really like Intruder, guys. I, like... <laughs> I might put that in before I go to bed. You will. <laughs> he also said Popcorn and Ooh, My nice. Bloody Valentine, the original. Nice. Emily Gorham Rohif. Rolf. I couldn't see Adelina. Oh, it's That's my boss. That's an L. Oh, nice. You got a lot of new commenters on this one. This is great. 
Oh, uh, forget what I said then. If she's listening, forget what I said about filming the, <laughs> the slasher in the library. Emily says, when we were too young to see horror at the movie theater, my friend and I wore out the video store's horror section, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Child's Play, Candyman, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Hellraiser. Sweet. Very classics. Yes. Um, Jose... A Ron Hell says definitely the original Halloween. I like the lesser uh, uh, <laughs> the lesser known and maligned bloody massacre films. I think that's what that meant. Uh, John Coey Cowie says Psycho. Sweet classic. Nope. One with uh, Vince Vaughn, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Callis says Black Christmas. Brian Clark says Stage Fright. Real quick, go jump back to Psycho. Have you guys all seen Psycho 2? No. Long Electric Buggaloo. Uh, it's I. I got it last. I found it last year on DVD. Watched it again for the first time since I was since I well, probably when it first came out. And I really like it. It's really good. I mean, it, how bold of them to try to do a sequel to Psycho, but it's really yeah. good. See, I'm so scared to watch any of those sequels. I'm like, I don't remember they're, liking they're sequels Part to a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. How, why? How can you do that? Because Tom <laughs> Holland's involved with one of them. Ooh. Well, Tom Holland. Did you, know, did you know there's a Birds too? Yeah. I think I what? knew that, <laughs> but I still am not seen it. Either. Uh, I, I recommend Psycho Two, and that and Tom Holland was the one who wrote Psycho Two. Nice. Well, Brian Clark also says that Stage Fright is an atmospheric masterpiece, and he also likes the original Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, decades later, and those are still the ones to beat. And then. Derek Batello chimes back in. He says, oh, damn, Stage Fright is awesome, too. <laughs> and then he picks on you and and, per, and writes out how to pronounce Michaela Soavi. How, how do you pronounce it? I'm fine with him making fun oh. of me as long as I can figure this out. Michaela? Michaela? Soavi. It's spelled Michelle. I'm just kidding. Michaela. What, and, and what is it? So Soavi. Soavi? I see. I've got to learn how to say that know. name because you know you always say it not that way. No, I don't. <laughs> I think I, I think I literally say Michelle Sova. I think you that's do. how I always pronounced it. And that's what we had on Facebook and on Twitter. We had Sean Hutchins at Fatpunk sixty eight. He says, "Apart from the useful classics, I've always liked Dress to Kill." Yes, some of the Palma action in there. Nice. Ooh. And that's shout-outs. Oh, Nancy Ellen's so hot in that movie. So hot. She's always hot. <laughs> she, well, okay, except for uh, RoboCop. Nah, I, oh, even though she's got short hair, and I'm not a big fan I of that. Nancy, hair. she's the blonde. Uh, I think I know who you're talking about. It's sad that I know your, your <laughs> screen crushes now, because you mentioned them so much. So often. <laughs> Nancy Ellen's so up I still, I still think she, I still think she's, she's cute as a button she's, in RoboCop, uh, man. She's more manly than me in RoboCop. So RoboCop, babe. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nancy Allen. Well, yeah. I mean, that's gotcha. why I don't like the haircut, you know, but other than that... Man, I think I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm gonna watch Blowout for the first time ever. This I'm gonna have to do it. 
You've never seen it? I've never seen Blown Out. I I fucking hate John Travolta, but that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I just watched it like two days ago. Well, again, wow. De Palma, Nancy Allen, what what else it's, do you need, man? It's got one of the best endings ever in a movie. doesn't oh, matter man. the genre. It's so good. Oh, I'm I doing it. That. I, th- I think that ending was actually really good. It's it's really fucking depressing when it comes down to it. But it's but bottom line, it's such a fantastic film. I bought it on DVD it. years ago, and I've probably watched it thirty times <laughs> since then. I pu- I put that in like on a monthly basis because it's like, what do we want to watch? I uh, blow up. See, that's the thing. I'm a big De Palma fan, and I'm in love with Nancy Allen. And but I've still never seen that movie. It's, it's a, she's it's a, a she's adorable in this film. I have the Criterion Blu-ray, Mike. We can watch that next time too. It, oh, it looks sweet. fantastic on Criterion Blu-ray. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you need I'm just to like that means it's on Hulu if it's Criterion. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think that's what made right. me want to watch finally break down and watch it because I thought it was on like either Netflix or Hulu. But yeah, as soon as they said Criterion, I'm thinking it must be on Hulu. But yeah. <clears throat> Sweet. Okay, so that's it for shout-outs? That's it. Okay. If you want to shout us out, um, you know, keep track of us on the Facebook page, or you could call. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Yep, give that number a call. It doesn't even have to be about the topic. We just want to hear from you. We want to, we want to make you famous. We'll uh, put you on this podcast. <laughs> People are paying thousands of dollars a month just to just to support us. That's how famous we are. That's right. Okay, so next up we got. I think are you good, Terry? Oh yeah. I couldn't remember if you said you had one or not. Okay, so next up is Wicked Words with Wertzer. Wicked words with wear tear. All right. Well, we have a new year, so we've got to prepare for all of the movies that are well, all of the books that are becoming movies this year. And there, there aren't a ton of horror-related ones, but uh, we're going to run through them real quick here. Uh, first off, we've got Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I'm so excited. Uh, I believe does this, this airs on the February 5th, correct, Jason? Yep. All right. Well, so today, this... Pride and Prejudice and Zombies comes out in the theaters. So you don't have a lot of time to read the book to prepare for this movie, but you, you should if, if you haven't. It's it's awesome. I'm really hoping that the movie turns out well, but we shall see. Um, then we've got Cell. Uh, Cell is based on a book by Stephen King. Uh, there's not a solid release date, but it is supposed to be due out this year. Movie is going to be directed by Todd Williams, who was the director of Paranormal Activity Two, um, and it's going to star John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. 
haven't read that one yet, so I'm looking forward to reading that and prep for that movie. I know it's something about uh, cell phones take over the world or something like that. Something. They already have. Yeah. As I'm sitting here looking at my phone. <laughs> uh, there are... The next few are actually more geared toward young adults or juvenile crowds, but they have horror elements, so I'll go ahead and give them a shout-out. Um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Great book. That's, I haven't read it. I know there's actually a series of them. There are at least, I think there are at least three of them. I don't know if there will be more than that. Uh, by Ransom Riggs is the author. Movie is due out in December, and it's set to be directed by Tim Burton, so that's definitely in the horror-ish element. It's it's definitely his kind of... kind of. Uh, it seemed like it, thing. yeah. I mean, you just look at the cover and you know that it looks like a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> uh, but that's set to be starring Ava Green, whom I love, and Samuel L. Jackson as well. Mm. Lots of work for Samuel L., but then again, there always is. Um, then there's also one called A Monster Calls, which is by Patrick Ness. Um, this one isn't necessarily straight up horror, but it's more set to be like more of a creature feature, um, due out in October and it's going to be starring Liam Neeson, Sigourney Weaver and Felicity Jones. So that one will probably be a pretty big one. Um, there's one called Nerve, a book by Jeannie Ryan, uh, not a secure date on that one, but it's supposed to be sometime this year. Um, this one is directed by a Henry Joost and an Ariel Schulman. They directed Paranormal Activity 3 and 4. And they also did that. I don't know if you guys have seen that Catfish movie. Not the show, but the movie. They directed that. Um, starring Emma Roberts and Juliette Lewis. And a few other name, big name people. And one that I'm pretty excited about, although it's kind of still in production, so I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be due out. Uh, the Devil in the White City, which is, it's a nonfiction book by Eric Larson about the famed serial killer H.H. H. Holmes. Does anyone know anything about it? I've, I've read mm -hmm. this book a while back. I honestly thought the book was kind of boring, but don't let that <laughs> deter you. Um, if you're into nonfiction, it's, it's, H.H. H. Holmes was one of the, he was kind of considered America's first serial killer during, um, the Chicago World's Fair in the 1800s. Um, and the book is good, but there's a lot of stuff about the World's Fair, so be warned going in that it's not all just about serial killers. Um, it's been in development for quite a long time. But it's exciting because it's going to be directed by Martin Scorsese, Ooh. and it's set to star Leo DiCaprio. So that's of course. awesome. I'm <laughs> not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure when it's due out, but hopefully sometime this year. Probably not, but who knows? But those are some things to look forward to. So if you're one of those people that likes to read the book before you see the movie, you gotta get caught up here pretty quick. Cool. People like to read the book before the movie? Some, yeah. Some just I've kind of gotten to the point now where um, I almost prefer to watch the movie first. I mean, it kind of ruins the book, but I don't... 
I'm more of a movie person personally, I guess. That's just how I was kind of brought up. So I watch the movie before I read the book usually. It's going to get spoiled either way, whichever way you go. You can't read it and watch it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, it's you know there's there's, there's one person in this universe who who can be described with absolute certainty as the king of picking. What does he pick? He picks many things. Horrible marriage partners. Oh, oh shit! It's, it's getting real in here. For movies. Oh, that's true. That's His true. nose. And once in a while. A good movie or two. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I have the distinct pleasure of introducing to you Insane Mike and Insane's Picks. Obviously, I always try to pick a movie that fits the theme. Sometimes I just don't even care, and I'll just talk about whatever movie tickles my fancy. But when you're talking the slasher genre, and we talked about before, and how there's just a shit ton, um, obviously I can pick one that would that would fit this. But what one would I pick? So tough, so difficult. So I thought I'd go with something that another one that I've ro- uh, that I've watched recently. That I've always wanted to see. I've never seen it before. And finally got to see it for the first time. And loved it. Uh, it's a movie from 1982. Uh, it's called Alone in the Dark. Now back a long time ago, um, when I was younger, there was there was this film, this uh, compilation movie called Terror in the Isles. Um, which I watched. I had it taped Woo! off of Show... Yes. Yes. I had it taped off of Showtime and I watched it repeatedly and one of my goals was to see every movie that was <laughs> was uh shown in this in this film in this terror in the Isles. and every everything that they showed in this in this compilation just can't you know just look like the scariest movies of all time and and for the most part i think i've seen everything on there except for one uh <clears throat> except for one movie that had this had this image of martin landau being all crazy as shit uh, following in this in this van, following um, a postman on a bicycle, sticking his head out the window and um, saying that he likes the postman's hat and he wants his hat, and then proceeds to run over the postman just to steal his hat, and then later on showing another scene from this same movie of Martin Lando knocking on the door dressed up as the postman, um, trying to get into this house. So. And I never knew what the hell the movie was, uh, and then finally got to see Alone in the Dark. Now, what's what's crazy about this movie? Um, <clears throat> it's it's definitely not a traditional slasher by any means. Uh, there's not there's not a ton of kills. Doesn't have like a bunch of screaming teenagers in it. Um, it doesn't have any of the rules. It's basically about like four escaped mental patients that um, t- track down, terrorize, and try to kill their new doctors. Uh, family and, and the and the doctor, uh, 
Um, but what's interesting about this is the cast. It's it's a cast of some of the best, craziest character actors in cinema history. Um, Jack Palance, Martin Landau, Donald Pleasance, and Dwight Schultz. Who Dwight Schultz, who's best known as playing the crazy guy from the A-Team, is actually the sane one in this movie um, who plays the doctor that these escape mental patients terrorize. Martin Landau and Jack Palance are freaking amazing in this movie. I mean, I this this is this is like just the look at these guys. The look at these guys just terrify you. Anyway, they're so um, menacing looking, and just you know, they they're perfect for playing evil characters. And as if this movie was written for them, they are in top form in this movie. And then a lot of kudos goes to Donald Pleasance too, who also plays a psychiatrist in this movie, but you question his sanity because his methods um, his methods and the things he does and the things he say are just also way off the rocker. Um, <clears throat> so so um, so the escape mental patients, they, they basically keep um, Dwight Schultz and his family captive inside the house um, as they as they uh, try to pick him off. And there's a there's an interesting little twist because one of the uh, Mental patients, one of the main four of these mental patients, um, you never see his face through most of the movie, and so there's a big reveal of that at the end. Um, <clears throat> definitely, it's a great movie, fun movie. I would highly recommend checking it out. It was directed by Jack uh, Shoulder, who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, The Hidden, Wish Wishmaster 2, um... <clears throat> Another great scene in this movie is when uh, Dwight Schultz uh, and his sister go to a local concert, and it's the band The Sick Fucks, and you get to see like a you get to see like a whole song or two by The Sick Fucks in this movie, and it's awesome. And that whole that whole bar scenario even comes back later in the movie. So um, the the whole Sick Fucks scenes are awesome. I mean, if if anything. Especially if you like punk, I would highly recommend checking it out. <clears throat> um, something else I wasn't ever uh, ever aware of this, going back to talking about Tom Savini a bit. I mean, I was the hugest Tom Savini fan in the world. I mean, I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh just because of Tom Savini. I wanted to be a special effects artist because of Tom Savini. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought I was familiar with his entire body of work. I own both Grand Illusions books. <clears throat> that um, talks about every movie he's worked on? Well, apparently not. Um, there is a kind of a dream, not uh, not really a dream sequence, but kind of an illusion um, scene in this movie where the sister, who is kind of also crazy, and she's um, she's on some weirdo medication at this one point, and she she runs into this, like... And you don't really full, fully figure out what is wrong with her. You just get hints at it through the whole movie. And so she runs into this apparition of like this like bald ash looking human monster kind of thing, but it, it's not a reality. Well, according to IMDb and according to the credits of this movie, Tom Savini did the monster apparition makeup in the movie. Blew me away because I thought I I thought I knew everything. You know, even like the fact that you know Tom Savini did the makeup effects for Invasion USA and Red Scorpion. Um, he did. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Patches, uh, like all these things you never would know that he'd done, 
you know, the the Japanese movie that he did, um, Till Death Do We Scare, which has got some really cool effects in it. <clears throat> but I never knew he had a part, uh, he played a part in some of the makeup effects in Alone in the Dark. So, but that's Alone in the Dark in a nutshell. Uh, had a blast watching it. <clears throat> Definitely is going to, is uh, ranking right up there with, with uh, 80 Slashers with me. If you get a chance to check it out, please do. Oh, and Lynn Shea's in it too. That's Alone in the Dark. Nice. Glad you got to see it. Yeah, yeah. And that scene still holds up. You know, one of the things that make that Terror on the Isle thing so great is they they put their own soundtrack over these clips, which makes some of these clips even creepier. And it's, and and even and even having them out of context makes a lot of these clips creepier too. But the uh, and having this having those scenes just built up for me all those years. Still just uh, as impactful when I finally get to see Alone in the Dark. Probably because it's Martin Landau, but... Yeah. You had seen this before, Justin, I, I take it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I have it. Nice. And I, and I found it through that documentary. And Terror in the Isles, it was the same thing when I was a kid. I saw it, and I tried to track down a bunch of the movies <laughs> out of it. Mm-hmm. But then I lost track of it forever because yeah. it just wasn't really available. And then Universal put out Halloween 2 on Blu-ray a couple of years ago and they included on it completely unheralded. The only way you're going to notice it is if you read the back yeah. of the packaging on it is that Terror on the Isles is like a bonus feature on it. Yeah. Which is crazy. And this disc now this Blu-ray is in the $5 bin at Walmart everywhere. Nuts. Yeah. Really? So if you want to get Terror on the Isles on Blu-ray with Halloween 2, you can actually pick it up in the Walmart dump bins. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, I so I, I I rewatched it recently. <laughs> And I tracked that film down for the exact same reason you, you mentioned. Yeah. And then I ordered the, the movie because I think it's like on the Universal Custom Order series or something like that. It doesn't – I don't remember where I ended up finding, finding the film. But it was the exact same story you told for me. I thought that Halloween 2 Blu-ray got recalled, didn't it? I thought it well, no, that was Halloween – I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, because there was the whole thing that they left um... – producer's name off so oh, it wasn't yeah. Really yeah i just yeah i can't remember the full yes the first run of those they had they took a cod's name off of the credits at the beginning for some reason which mm-hmm. was completely unnecessary well and, yeah and so actually and and i was i was working for trankus at the time and we went and that i mean it was like a big deal and malik was really upset about it and so after you know, we reached out to Universal, and that's when they pulled the first run. Oh, and then okay. They, then they reissued it, and it's, it was corrected after that. But it, so you, it's, you could send your disc in for a replacement if you want and stuff like that. So essentially, it's the same disc, just they fixed same that disc. one thing. So yeah. okay, so it's still got tearing the aisles on it. Yep. Okay. I think I have, but I think mine is the one that is missing, um, missing Cod's name. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you can find it, check out Tearing the Isles. It's an amazing, awesome compilation. Um, and um, one of the narrators in it is Nancy Allen, so there you go. Mm, dreamy. Mm-hmm. Sitting in a dark <laughs> sitting in a dark theater. Wish I was sitting next to her. Aww. Anyway, so that uh, wraps up another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we want to say a very special thanks to um, Eric Preston for being on. He had to jump off. Yeah, so, it was so awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it, Eric. 
thank you so much, Eric, for being on. It was a blast having you. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, and thanks, John, for introducing us to your yeah, friend. Man, no problem. Cool. And uh, <coughs> so as for the rest of us, <clears throat> make sure you go to Patreon and help us out and get some really sweet killer podcast perks. Um, and no, and we're, there's, we're working on more stuff. So there's talk of more stuff on the way as far as the perks go. Um, you know, this is all kind of, uh, you know, new for us. So we'll, uh, um, we'll be thinking of more things to, to, to give you guys. But, um, but yeah, please donate. Um, you know, the, the more, the more we get, the better we can make these shows and, and, and make the whole Attack of the Killer podcast, um, the plan of ruling the world uh, more of a reality. So, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of... <laughs> Attack of the Killer.